Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping it real with Jared Lawrence. I never won the spelling bee. I can read people's energy. Listen to what have been said to me. Heard their voices in elementary. That I wouldn't amount to anything. Oh, girl, she used to bend to me. Like if we just had a nice house and a mortgage and a front lawn and a fucking wedding ring. I danced in Paris, shed my shell. Swam in oceans, felt the scales. Put my CD in Starbucks, it did not sell. Hit the CD out the car trunk and did it myself. These piano keys hold some weight. In a bolo tie, I escort my date. She ordered shrimp scampi on a porcelain plate. The accordion played up my fork and a steak. Afternoons need a copy boost. Attitude needs a confidence boost. Yeah, I'm sort of the dude, but where's the self-esteem when the costume's removed? Thanks for the invite, can't make it. I could blame it on a flight to Vegas. But truth be told, rather not socialize. I'm gonna waste my time with an acquaintance. These relationships need maintenance. Everybody got expectations. Text back so impatient. Where were you when I was in impatient? Woo! Motherfucker, you ain't my counter. You don't know what I'm doing. Woo! Focusing on what I'm giving back. Man, make better music. Fuck. Reaching on top of the mountain, people can see through it. Keeping my name in your mouth, just don't bite your tongue while you chew it. Exactly. I got the man of the year. Welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. I'm your host, Jared Lawrence. That was Macklemore, Bolo Tie. Another great song. Shout out to Macklemore, too, man. He makes some really good music. I've been a fan of him. Since probably before the album dropped where he had all the hits on there with like Thrift Shop and uh, Can't Hold Us Back and Same Love. I was a fan of him since then. So shout out to Macklemore. I'm looking forward to some new music from you. But let's get right to it, man. I'm about to call Mark. We're going to dive deep into this Nick Cannon conversation. I watched the whole video. Hey, Jared. Mark, welcome to Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence. Thank you, thank you. How's it going, brother? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I was just uh, introing it and letting them know that we're going to dive deep into this Nick Cannon debate. I watched the whole video last night after I got home from work. I know you said you watched it. Um, I sure did. They took the video offline, but we found it. Well, you found it. Shout out to you. I'll give you a little applause there. Can you hear the sound effects when I do them? No, I can't hear them. Oh, okay. Well, I gave you an applause. Yeah, I've been told that the sound effects don't come across on the phone, but they you'll hear it when on the playback. But yeah. I um I what was I saying? <laughs> I watched the video last night and I wrote down a list of topics. I want to get right to it because this was a big deal last week and I, one thing I learned from watching this video is that I don't think anybody really watched the whole interview. I don't. Okay. Just just from the reaction that it got in um, the whole cancel Nick Cannon thing, it just showed me that I don't think anybody watched the full hour and a half. I think they saw the, the couple clips that got uh, pretty controversial talking about Jewish people. And then the one about the melanin, which we'll, we'll get into all that, but I believe that's all people saw because my my initial thoughts after watching the video or the interview was that it wasn't bad. Like I thought it was, I thought the dialogue was pretty good. 
I learned a little bit. Um, now, whether you believe some of the stuff they were saying is a different story, but I I did learn a little bit of stuff I didn't know. And then me being a Public Enemy fan, it was just interesting for me to hear the the history of them and how Professor Griff got kicked out and everything. Because I always I knew the story, but to hear him say it from his perspective, for me, I, I enjoyed that part. But uh, what were your overall thoughts after you you watched it? Like, did you think the heat you received was warranted, or did you did you feel differently? I feel I feel differently. When I watched it, I felt I I understood where the outcry was coming from. It wasn't just the Jewish stuff. There was a there was a lot of they were they were speaking in a lot of in the windows and trying to be careful with their words. But I could tell what they were trying to say, and I think Nick Cannon got caught up into it, um, and that was the biggest problem for me. He he started. He referred to some people as savages and yeah. animals. Yeah, I saw that. And part. I think that that that's problematic, you know, because you know when you start generalizing people, certain people, class of people, whether they're for their religious belief or their skin color, and you start referring to them as savages and animals, you already you've already lost the your argument because you're doing the same thing that's been done to other people that are fighting for equality, you know, the stereotype being stereotyped and, you know, that it, I don't think it was a good look. And I also think there was some miseducation that was going on, yeah. which I'll get into, which I'll get into it more, um, you know, based on, you know, how we, the conversation unfolds. Yeah. Well, with the savages comment, see, cause you see it as that to me, Yes, they did speak in it in a little bit of present tense, but I thought a lot of the savage talk was just more about the history and how we came to where we were, like how black people got to America as slaves. And, and I thought they were more alluding to that, but I think they didn't I, cut I, it I, off. I think they, they kept I going. Think they were, yeah, they kept going. And I think, you know, they were, they were talking about history as, as they saw it but they, they were still equating it to today and people today. They, they were making that connection. Yeah. And that for me is, is, is very, is, is problematic. It, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have been that way. And I think he, he kind of deserves, well, he does deserve the heat that he's getting because there was a lot of, a lot of, it, the way that they did, there was a lot of name calling. They didn't even though they kept saying like, we don't, we're not trying to offend the Jewish people. They, they said that over and over throughout the interview. When somebody says, when somebody has to defend themselves by saying, I'm not doing this (laughs) as they're speaking that, that, that already says you're about to say something that's probably stupid. But do you think, Um, do you think they were attacking the Jewish community or do you think they were just attacking the whole power structure in the world? And cause to me, it didn't seem like a Jewish thing. It seemed like they were going after everybody. I don't, I don't know if you saw it that way, but to me, like they spent a few minutes to me on the Jewish thing, unless you you're saying they were alluding to it. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, that- they were, they, they were alluding to it, but I also think, um, professor Griff, um, misrepresented himself to Nick Cannon. And I, I, I think Nick Cannon should have done his homework on, on the actual events that occurred that got professor Griff labeled as anti-Semitic. 
or and kicked out of public enemy. You know, I'm I don't gonna. Think I don't think I read up on that. Did you read up on what happened? Because I just yes, really heard yes, his side. Yes. So is he like lying exactly. on what happened? Is he lying? He's not lying. He is speaking very general of what happened. Because you remember, he said that he was in a room. He was doing an interview with uh, a the, reporter named David Wells. Yeah, Mill. his Sorry. girlfriend came in. Okay, I don't know about the girlfriend part. I can't. No, I, can't I mean, that's what he that said. That was his word. That's what he said. Yeah. That's what he said. But I can vouch for the fact that he did have the interview with David Mills. And at the time, I believe David Mills worked for the Washington Times. Um, I looked it up after the conversation and to see if what he said on the Nick Cannon show was the same thing that was quoted in the interview. Now, this was back in 1988, and I couldn't believe it. When I Googled it, you could find the article. Yeah. So what he made it seem like is that it was one event talking to David Mills. From what I found, it was about a year and a half of different rhetoric that led up to this. It was brewing. He even even the way that he made that interview seem with David Mills wasn't how it happened. Hmm. So you remember he said that he was talking to um he was he was giving out names of yeah. the people that were in control. The six, right? the six and he major said he, he, labels. Yeah, he was saying all he said was that he gave out names and that it wasn't anything to do with the Jewish community or any race things, right? But when I looked it up um, and looked at the words, things that he said, so he had from he had two interviews, that one with David Mills and another one on a now defunct um, magazine called Melody. I want to say Melody Rivers. Um, I, don't quote me on the name. I can get it for you later. Oh, no, it's fine. Everybody has Google. Here's a couple of things that he is quoted as being saying, okay? Yeah. He's quoted as saying about the Jews, the majority of the wickedness that goes on across the world is because of the Jews. Hmm. Okay? That was said in an interview, right? Okay. He's also said the Jews are wicked, and we can prove this. These are quotes. Yeah. Right. So he in made a, it in sound, inter- he made it sound a little like light lighter than what he was really saying. Exactly. He he said I gave out names like he was giving out names to the the people in charge of these record labels or movie entertainment. But there are a lot. There was a lot more quotes. Another quote that I I found um, was that he said if the Palestinians took up arms into Israel and killed the Jews, it would be all right. Wow. Okay. That's and that however you want to label it. I know they had a little problem with the word anti-Semitic, which I can get into later. Yeah. But those are clearly these are clearly hateful things that he is saying about a community of people and generalizing them. You know, it it goes on. There was one thing that they asked him why public enemy um why public enemy don't like gold chains or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, "Let me find it here." Didn't Flavor Flav wear a gold chain, or was that just the clock? I I could have sworn the clock had a chain with it. Yeah, um, I think it had a chain on it too. But Griff was kicked he, out it, early, though. He was kicked out early. Yeah, he was kicked out early, like nineteen eighty-eight so or eighty-nine, I believe. He, 
he accused the Jewish um, community of financing the slave trade. And he said, he said they were, they were responsible for what's happening in South Africa. Okay. And he wondered, and it, this is an, part of the, um, I guess, a, one of the interviews. And he wondered out loud, is it a coincidence that the Jews run the jewelry business and it's named jewelry? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> That's some of that stuff you have the woke people be saying on Twitter. When the, with the third just, eye and all that, and you got to notice when the, when this is going on, and is it it's called this because of that? Which he he made a couple other things like the hip hop reference, uh, higher yeah. infinite power healing our people. I thought that was actually a pretty cool reference or a pretty cool like name for hip hop or what you know definition. Yeah, so that's that, and see, and that's the problem when he has these quotes that are out there, and Nick Cannon is sitting there. Not fact checking him. Yeah, Nick that was just going along. Yeah, he was just going along with it. I mean, he at the beginning of it, he said um, a brother he's looked up to on so many levels to start a show. Yeah, saw that. Oh man, okay. and, and Gr- the thing with Griff, if you know who Professor Griff is, you you better be cautious when you have him on because like you're reading all the stuff yeah. that he's done in the past. Yeah, he's he's one of those that his name is gonna cause some some controversy so nick yeah, should have so known what, what he was going to get into exactly that's that was my, that's why i think nick cannon deserves the blowback that he got because you're sitting interviewing somebody like you're a journalist for one and then you're talking as if you're teaching a a generation like you're teaching a class right yeah but you yourself haven't done the homework on the person that you're interviewing and what they've actually said so when griff says that all he mentioned was names and that was it. That's not true. <laughs> yeah, so. he he sugarcoated it a little bit, man. Like I didn't even know he did all that. Like the way, because if you watch just the interview, you're gonna come yeah. across like me, where I'm like, I don't. It didn't. It didn't sound bad to me, but that maybe it was because they were masking so much and hiding so much with the way they were speaking well, that I just on, thought it was saying, more general. Yeah, when they were saying, um, was it melon? What, what was the melanin. They kept using? Melanated yeah. when, they were, when they were saying the people who are melanated and the people who are not, that was code. And that was for me racist code yeah, they were using. I didn't agree that with was that part. Code. That that's to me when the interview started to get Nick in trouble. But to me, the first forty eight minutes, I thought I I, I liked what they were talking about because it wasn't just about savages and white people being the devil. It was more about, you know, black people, us calling ourselves gods uh, the higher infinite power healing our people the the nigger has to die like stuff like that which i want to get into all of those parts because that's the stuff i was enjoying from the interview yeah then it started taking another turn when they got into all the melanated talk and how we got yeah, they, here and but i believe i believe the question of what got him kicked out of public enemy happened at the five minute mark of that interview yeah, they they, they yeah. jumped. They jumped on it pretty early, and the the falsities that Professor Griff gave to Nick, I, I I was watching it and taking notes at the same time. When I say taking notes, I was researching what he was saying by looking up what he has said in the past and looking up the the interviews at the same time. Because if I'm doing that interview, I'm going to stop him right there and ask him about these quotes. Because what you're telling me doesn't align with the quotes that are written about you. Yeah, Nick didn't fact check to him. you. 
and fact check them. And that can get you in trouble, especially nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. Because what, what are we saying? You know, you know, you can't, we can't just let people get away with saying hateful stuff, right? You got, we have to stop it in the track, even for, even for, you know, black people are like, we, we need people on our side, right? Nick Cannon needed, needed to fight a battle for the Jewish people at that moment. Just like we are asking people to fight for us. He needed to stand up and fight for them and fact check him at that moment. And I think that if this, maybe if this interview happened 10 years ago, he wouldn't have this kind of blowback. But we're living in different times now where we're asking more from individual people yeah, to do more when they when it's here and see things. Let me just say this, too, because I've been watching and listening to like a lot of interviews and podcasts over the past week because I didn't quite understand why everybody was so mad when you say like Jewish people are in positions of power. That's the thing yeah. that I didn't really understand. But now after listening to Jewish people explain it from what yeah. I've gathered, the reason that that is such a harmful statement to make is because that's kind of how Hitler started out where he put that fear into the Germans, the Nazi Germans and telling them that Jewish people were in power and that they were a threat. And that's kind of how he became such a powerful guy and put them in the concentration camps and everything, because he put that fear into the Germans, into the Nazi Germans, Germans. And uh, that's, that's why they, when you, when you hear, People say yeah. now about Jewish people being controlling, they're worried about that happening again to where we're putting that fear into the rest of Americans and people around the world, yeah. and they might come after them again. So that's that's and why I, it's such a uh, problematic statement. Gee, and I don't know, the, I personally am not educated enough on the Jewish experience, and and that's why if I was in a setting like Nikin, I would never talk about other people's experience if I'm not educated on it. And if somebody's attacking other people's experience, I need to research it so I can either so I can find out if what they're saying is true or not and hold them accountable. Um, I've always, from what I've known, I've always thought of the, the Jewish community as one of the the hardest hit communities, like Black people in the world. They've they've gone through a lot. Their struggle is real, from what I know. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a very knowledgeable person in their community either about what they've been through. But I'm just saying from what I've heard over the past weeks from actual Jewish people who explained it on podcasts. Like I listened to the brilliant idiots last week. um, Charlemagne, that's his podcast. But they're the guy who runs the whole loudspeakers network where they're at. Chris Monroe, Chris Moreau, he's Jewish. So he broke it all down and they had a really great dialogue for those who want to go back and listen to the last week's episode of Brilliant Idiots. He broke it all down, said some of the stuff I said. And then I thought Charlemagne made a good point too, where because he caught some heat too, because he had tweeted something or said something on the Breakfast Club. Oh, a lot of, but a lot of people have been catching heat these days. Um, you, you know, Ice Cube said some pretty or yeah. posted some pretty um, awful things on Twitter, and you know, Deshaun Jackson um, and his awful. Oh yeah. Tweets or Instagram thing, whatever it was. I mean, yeah, he was, he was like kind of first one before the Nick Cannon thing even happened. It was Deshaun Jackson. And yeah. He kind of, he kind of, he kind of set it off for this little spark. What's going on right now. Cause even the, you know, Deshaun Jackson and Steven Jackson, Steven Jackson still hasn't backed down, but uh, he backed down a little bit. Like he didn't, he, he, he came after Charles Barkley. I saw the other day. Yeah. But he did so. apologize a little bit. He did apologize a little, but he still, you know, he didn't, 
he he backed that. He didn't go full Nick Cannon with it, where he just yeah. did a one eighty. But he he walked it back a little bit. Yeah, he need to. I, a lot of them need to walk it back further and get more educated. I'm not saying I'm educated. Yeah. But you can't talk. You can't talk about people. I don't like talking about groups of people so generally, and that you know that's what was happening on the Nick Cannon podcast, yeah. and that's what Griff has done. When you start talking about people, like like everybody was, it, like every person was involved in these heinous crimes, when that isn't the truth, you know, we need to hold those who did the crimes accountable, and not general, just generalize and add everybody into the same pot just because they share some kind of commonality. Yeah, what what Charlemagne had said is he said, "Listen, Nick is my guy. I hate it had to be him, but that's that's what you can do when you have the power." If there's one thing Jewish people have showed us, it's they have the power, which goes back to what I said about mm-hmm. that being a problem when you when you say they have power. But then he kind of clarified it on the podcast, and I agreed with what he said when he clarified it. He said he's not saying that they have, like, well, he's just saying, I wish black people had the power, like Jewish people, to hold people accountable when someone comes after their culture, which I agree. Like, we don't see that enough because we don't have enough black people in positions of power to hold people accountable, but they, you know, they pointed to the lady at ABC who was able to get Roseanne taken off the air when she started saying wild stuff, but we don't have enough of that in the black community where we have those executives that can do that. And I think that's what Charlemagne was saying is like, yes, there's, there's a lot of Jewish people at the top in these, some of these things. Maybe that's what Griff was alluding to too. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't really know about that because, you know, people, who there are a lot of people who have said racist things that have been removed from their positions, fired. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, so it's, and I, I can't speak for every organization. So I don't know who was the head of those organizations that removed people. Cause I've heard people, you know, speak up, you know, as recently, I think the, um, the Sacramento Kings, um, sports commenter you know who called yeah, the game the guy who he, uh DeM- demarcus cousins demarcus Cousins set him a trap and he fell for it yeah. right you know he he said the all lives matter thing and the kings were quick to get rid of him yeah, right so we, we, there are a lot of situations where people say stuff either against um the black lives matter or racist stuff and they do get removed as well it, it's not it's not condoned but do you think that sometimes they might have influence that can kind of uh, go into the criminal part and have an influence on maybe an arrest or holding someone accountable? Not that I've ever, not that I'm educated on. When If you're speaking, uh, what people are you speaking of? Like the Jewish people? No, no, like I'm just saying anybody in a position of power, like an executive, somebody that's really powerful, that may be able to make some phone calls and make something happen. Not a Jewish, not a Jewish person, just anybody that's in the position of power. Do I think they can just pick up the phone and have somebody arrested or have influence on certain decisions? I I, I just think we need more black people, more executives, more people that we can look up to that we know have our back. Um, You know, Diddy tried to get Nick Cannon over there after that. I don't know if that's enough. Yeah. I heard he was going to revolt. Well, he offered it, but I think that's more Diddy just saying, hey, <laughs> come over here, trying to get attention on his channel. I don't know how much he really yeah. is down for the cause or whatever. I, I think that's more of a business thing. 
But I did agree well, that we do need. I, I think I think I think he needs to let Nick Cannon sit down on the side for a little bit and really yeah. reevaluate how he handles um, himself when it comes to interviews and stuff like that. He doesn't need another show right away. You know yeah. what I mean? Like. And I will say Charlemagne made a good point too with like black Twitter and how influential black Twitter has become in getting attention on stuff, but we still don't have the influence to kind of get stuff done. We bring attention with black Twitter, but black Twitter hasn't gotten to the point where it's influencing like the murderers of Breonna Taylor to be arrested. And like they, they're they're shining the light, but we need to get to the point where we have the influence to make stuff happen. And I think that's all Charlemagne was trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I I still think it's hard because that's you know Nick Cannon, Breonna Taylor, hers is is you know she lost her life senselessly, um, and I think the people in the streets are the ones that are trying to get things changed for her. They're the voice for her. Yeah, I mean, we see it with um, the athletes too, though. The NBA players now are yeah. shining more of a light too, which is those are like yeah. the types of people, positions of power that I'm talking about. They're starting to yeah. realize some of the power that they have, which is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, what was your your thoughts on um the whole black people calling themselves gods thing that griff was talking about like seeing ourselves as gods and how the the niggers got to die which is like the thought of us being the n-word and how we see ourselves we got to stop with that and start seeing ourselves more as gods and that'll uplift the people and make us act better i guess and oh man i don't i don't really know i've never I've never. I thought it was a good. I thought he made a good point, and it was a good. See, that's the stuff I was enjoying about the interview when they talked about that type of mm-hmm. stuff. Because it's yeah. like, man, if we start seeing ourselves as like gods, even though I don't like calling myself a god, I don't think. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like. I don't like people calling themselves god. I don't like referring to myself as god. I mean, uh, that. I think maybe if we could find a difference. I think there's a difference. That, uh, there's a difference between calling yourself a god. Like calling yourself God and believing that God is in you and that, you know, you, you have some yeah. of those aspects. Like I grew up on Goody Mob where they, the, the, the acronym for Goody Mob was, you know, the good die mostly over bullshit. But they say you take one O away and they'll let you know that God is every man of blackness. So I think just knowing that we have God in us, that's kind of where I'm getting to with it. I'm not going to call myself a God, but I do know where that comes from. That comes from like the 5% teachings, which is like, kind of a uh it was part of muslim like muslim it kind of went from that to like that's a it's a not a jump off but a offshoot of the muslim community which is the five percenters and that's where the term you know seeing yourself as a god and god body and all that that's kind of yeah. what it where, where that comes from but i i, I agreed yeah. with him on the parts of we just got to see ourselves in a higher light and stop seeing ourselves as niggas and all that like because i just feel like I that agree. word is kind of brought us down in, in history yeah that, that i mean you know that's i mean that's what the, the word was it's supposed to do right yeah it, it's supposed to make you feel in, in, inferior so yeah it, it has but I, I think we need to we do need to have better vision of, our, of ourselves and be more positive and you know stuff like that i i don't know if it i don't know about that five percent stuff you know and and calling yourself God, but that's all like, if you listen to Wu-Tang, that's a lot of stuff they talked about. Like if you listen to that type of music and all that, like five percent, the God body and all that. I hear, I hear them talk about it. I know where, and I know where the 5% stuff comes from, but it's like, 
You just don't agree with it. Yeah, I, I, not that I don't. I, for each their own, but I just can't. The, the word God. Even though he himself, said you take and, the capital G off, you know, he, he made it respectable <laughs> with a lowercase g. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a little more tolerable, maybe. I guess not. Um, what about the Illuminati you know, talk they got into, where Nick basically said that he doesn't believe in the Illuminati. He said black people can't be in the Illuminati. Um, if we, if we're, if we're supposed to see ourselves as gods, you should never want to be a part of a group like the Illuminati. And uh, I'm sure that one might ripple believe, some feathers. I'll put. Do you think the Illuminati is a real thing? I think there's a group of people that have power. Now, when you start getting into all these celebrities being in it, I don't believe that. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe, believe Jay-Z, Beyonce, Kanye. Like, I don't believe all these people are in it. Like, Nick Cannon is probably somebody they would have said is in the Illuminati. He said, fuck the Illuminati on the podcast. So how are you in it? And you're talking like that, you know? Yeah. Like, well, they've all, re- Beyonce's uh, referenced, like, they say I'm Illuminati, like, uh, Kanye said it, like Kendrick Lamar said I, it, like it's the biggest racist party. I think, they, I, I think they say that. I think they say that stuff after people have labeled them, and they just they just use it to fuel their the the fire. They but just, I'm saying, like, if you're in it, you would never talk like that about it. Well, there is there is a belief that you know you put something right in front of you so blatantly that some people won't believe it. So if they're just saying it. Some people might just joke it off as they're just they're just kidding around, or they're just um, using it um, for brand recognition or for for views and stuff like that. Yeah. So you you never know the motives behind things. Um, as for the Illuminati, I don't particularly subscribe to that they that they exist. And here's the thing: whether it's the Illuminati, the Masons, Bilderberg, any of those secret societies that people um talk about it people want to label them as good some people want to label them as evil but if they're really secret so secret then nobody knows what they're actually don't forget about the Koch brothers either that was a big thing even though one of them died i think recently yeah but nobody knows like you know the illuminati nobody knows nobody knows what they they're actually doing they just think it has control over everything uh the bilderberg one was interesting i've been reading a little bit about that one I believe that's a real thing. I mean, they actually have a website. <laughs> which if... I, I, well, I, I believe that they're probably a group, but I don't think they're nefarious. I think they're rich people trying to figure out how to be richer. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that 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 and that's that's not a you know that that's capitalism. You know, they're just they they have a website they... called BuildTheBergMeetings.org. Did you look at it? I don't know if you saw it, but um... no, I did. I, I've heard. I, I know about. I've heard about the group, and I've seen all the conspiracy theories and. They tell you right on the website what they're about. They said, since its inaugural meeting in 1954, the annual Bilderberg meeting has been a forum for informal discussions to foster dialogue between Europe and North America. Every year, approximately 130 political leaders and experts from industry, finance, labor, academia, and the media are invited to take part in the meeting. Now, they don't tell you who all the participants are. They say two-thirds are Europe and the rest is North America. Some are One-third is from politics and government, but... um. It's it's like a private meeting. They admit that mm-hmm. uh, what's what's discussed in there, you can talk about, but you can't attribute it to who said it. Yeah. So I mean, they're pretty open. <laughs> like they have a website yeah. about their stuff, which I yeah. don't think the Illuminati has a website. No, I don't think the Illuminati really exists. But 
this group, Villabird, there are there are secrets. Like the Masons do exist, right? There are lodges that you can drive by. Really? They, yeah, they're, they they exist. You know, people are actually part of some of these groups, but they get that. You know, I've never seen a Illuminati lodge or met anybody who says I'm part of the Illuminati. So, I, I, in in 2020, it's hard for me to believe that that kind of thing would be kept on wrap because you can't even have a thought these days without it being exposed the, the wildest so. the wildest thing about the illuminati too is like the ritual stuff people will tell me that these guys these celebrities have to do like drinking oh, blood God. and like goat piss and all this weird stuff like and, and where did they get that information from oh i have no actually youtube <laughs> youtube <laughs> Um, exactly. I, I mean, watched YouTube is, a, YouTube is a crazy place and you can oh, go yeah. down a crazy rabbit hole. So Yeah, I watched one of those videos recently about like the so-called Illuminati and how one of the former stunt doubles had joined it and was I don't know. It was do you, do you, my thing is do you think people really have this much time to sit around and do all this stuff <laughs> for real? Like nah. like people people aren't concerned like aren't doing those rituals, you know. I think it's all about it's all about fear and it's all about people like when when the unknown stuff happens and we don't have a reason for why something happens exactly we try to we try to make something up it makes us feel better knowing like when we have one of these theories like oh this this happened because it is like it just makes us feel better you know yeah and I, and I agree. It doesn't make me feel better to make stuff up. So maybe that's why I'm not big into conspiracies. Um, you know, but I know that that's exactly why these things exist is because people are afraid and they, there's not a real answer. So yeah. they make up an answer or they find an answer on the Internet and they're like, well, there it is. That's what and makes them sleep better at night. Like just with the coronavirus and all yeah. this stuff going on where, yeah. where people have all these conspiracy theories and it's like. You need something to make you feel okay about what's going on because there's so much unknown in the world right now. Is but is it me or does it seem like maybe within the last couple of years that everything's a conspiracy? Yeah, no, I, like, that's that's true. Like everything is a conspiracy now, and that's mainly like, because of the internet because we have too yeah. much. Ex, we, we're allowed. We got too much exposure. We can find anything now. Did you did you hear about that Wayfair thing? No. You did okay. So Wayfair. You talking about the the, the the company that makes the the seats and stuff? The the the, the people, yeah, the furniture company. The furniture that stuff. Yes. So about a week ago, they were being accused of trafficking children through their website. They were being accused of selling upselling upmarking some of their merchandise so maybe a dresser would be on there for fifteen thousand dollars and they were saying that if you bought that dresser you would get a kid in the mail fam (laughs) i've been watching i've been reading articles and hearing conspiracies about oprah being on house arrest and ellen being on house arrest none of this surprises me but here's the thing about the wafer thing it it and you know these things happen and these conspiracies happen, but it, it became so big that Wayfair actually had to acknowledge that it was happening and denounce that they're they're not actually doing this, and they had to take down some of their merchandise and change the names of some of them because so many people were believing it. <laughs> and and I've seen some of my friends on Facebook posting on it as if it was facts, and I looked it up to see where 
this um, conspiracy, where it came from. And it's, it leads back to one post somebody made on Reddit. And they said something like, it is crazy. They they posted something, don't quote me on it, but they said something in the likes of, it is crazy that Wayfair has furniture on their sites for like $20,000, $30,000. Are they secretly selling children? Wait, they have $20,000 furniture on there? Supposedly. I I thought it was like a discount site. (laughs) I've never even been on Wayfair, but I know friends who got furniture from there. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've bought my wife has bought like, tables and chairs and stuff from there but I, I don't know i've never i've personally never seen anything on there for fifty thousand. but people are saying they are um but it came from this one post where somebody posted something saying like basically throwing just throwing just throwing just throwing shit out there right like saying why is this so much are they selling children and then somebody else saw that questioned it googled and found something on there fifteen thousand dollars made a youtube video and now wayfair is is selling children that's the internet man all you got to do is <laughs> yeah. light the match and the fire will spread man you start that fire it spreads so i'm not i'm not surprised what they say about uh hillary the pizza i keep hearing about pizza gate still oh my I, I just read a great article from politico about that where they 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 break down the events of what happened the, the, the gentleman who went in there with the the gun he he was on websites like 4 channel and youtube and he, he heard about how the Democrats and the, the, the left were sex trafficking children and they were using um, this pizza place out of D.C. So he tried to recruit two of his friends to go free these kids and his friends, I guess, wouldn't go along with it. And so he got two handguns, a shotgun, AR-15 ammo. He drove 370 miles in his Prius <laughs> from North Carolina to D.C., he went up to the pizza place while it was open. People are like running out. He walks to the back where there's a door. Now he had a schematic layout of the pizza place that told him that there was a basement and that's where the children were. So he took out his gun and shot the lock off and opened it. And guess what he found? Pizza. Nothing. And there was no basement. Wherever he got the schematics, there was no basement. So after that, he took off all the guns. He took off all the ammo walked outside to the cops who are waiting for him and told them I got some bad intel. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause like every day I keep hearing Hillary's going to be arrested any moment now. Oh, the flight logs are coming out. She was on, they were on Epstein. Like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Every day there's something. I don't, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Over the last couple of years, I feel everything is a conspiracy and it makes you, you, if you feel like you, you know better, but it's like, is that true? Like, that's that the problem with like, the internet, though, because it's like now you can put anything on there. Now, I mean, now Facebook and them are starting to censor some stuff, but it's a little late. I would feel bad if I would feel bad if Wayfair was actually selling children through their website, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> it's just like for any of this these conspiracies to happen, you know how many people got to be on the same page? Like all these Wayfair employees that got to be on the same page. <laughs> It's like the That's school the shootings when people tell me they're fake. And I'm like, you think all these students are part are down with this? Like, agree? Like, and nobody's come out and said nothing yet? Like, Yeah, in 2020, right? In the day of digital age where everything gets leaked. I mean, movie studios and movies get leaked on the internet. Rap albums get leaked on the internet. Somebody's private 
letter that they wrote to their great great grandmother gets leaked on the internet, and you're telling me these people can keep a rap these conspiracies without anything getting out? Yeah, uh, I don't know. That that doesn't seem believable to me. It's not. Yeah, it's not. That's why I gotta. You know, I like hearing the conspiracy theories just because I. I don't know. I'm really, I'm just all about the tea and the gossip and stuff. So I like hearing it, but I never believe it. I'm just like, okay. When I was in, when I was in my, when I was in my twenties, I was big on the conspiracies. Give it to me. I fed it. I liked it. I watched it all. But after a while, I just realized that I'm wasting my time because it's most of this is either not true or what am I going to do? Yeah. It's like what I told Mike when he was on here and he's telling me all these conspiracies. I'm like, all right, even if this stuff is real, yeah, we can't stop it. So why are we, you're like the same people who want to make us fearful of you're, you're mad about the people who are making us fearful of the coronavirus and stuff. Yeah. But then you're putting conspiracies out here that are making us fearful about all this stuff going on in the world that we can't stop. All you guys are doing is pumping fear. Yeah, if I listened to every conspiracy theory out there, I would be scared to death. I wouldn't leave my house <laughs> because yeah. you know the the towers are getting me, my water is getting me. You know, everything is getting me. If I order something from Wayfair, I might go to jail. I mean, it's crazy. Bro, I don't even want to like have kids because of all this stuff. Like, I got to deal with coronavirus yeah. and all this. Then I got to deal yeah. with the conspiracies about the government controlling everything, and it's yeah. like I can't win. Mm-hmm. I can't, can't win in this world, bro. I'm going to get taken out either by a virus or by a 5G or like everybody's <laughs> after me. You know, I can't just live a life with no fear. <laughs> I wish we could go back to those days, which I guess I don't even know if we ever had those days. We just the information wasn't out there, so we didn't hear about it. But I'm sure the conspiracies yeah. were always there. I mean, yeah, conspiracies are always there, like the moon landing, JFK, all those things. that They're always there. I think just now with the digital age everything can become a conspiracy because anything that you think or believe you could find somebody saying, yeah, what you believe is true out there. You know, you can find affirmative information for your, your biases. And it's, it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, sometimes as humans, we look for information that confirms what we already believe. And that could be dangerous if we don't look outside of that box. Because what you believe may not be true, especially if you're only going to people that are going to tell you, yeah, yeah, what you believe is true. And, you know, that's what people do on YouTube. That's why YouTube has that, like, recommendation. If you go on one conspiracy video on YouTube, all the recommendations are conspiracy videos. And you're going to be there for hours just clicking on conspiracy videos. And you're just confirming it. It's crazy. Do you know anything about the the New World Order? I'm not talking about the wrestling group either. Hollywood Hogan? What? No, like oh. this whole, uh, I guess this God. is another conspiracy theory about a group uh, that's dude. ruling everything, or I don't know too much about I was here about it, but I guess it's it's along the lines of the whole Bilderberg, but they're probably a little bit more radical or more of a threat. No, I, I, you know, honestly, I've never heard of the New World Order. I've heard of the belief of the New World Order, that there's a group of people out there maybe it's the same thing um but this has been this new the newer order kind of conspiracy has been around for hundreds of thousands of years right yeah. there's always people believing there's going to be a new world order where there's going to be one governing body around the world that's controlling everything with an iron fist and then people that. are so worried about that one governing body that's something nick cannon and uh, griff talked about too about hey do you think we should have one, one governing body 
I, I don't know if they should, but the, the idea that it could happen seems kind of crazy because I don't see any other, the other 200 plus countries in the world giving up their authority <laughs> to one body. And we don't even and speak the same language. They don't even come, we can't even agree on anything as people in one country. How are we going to come together and start trying to make policies for the whole world? Yeah, that doesn't, that's not going to work. I mean, unless you really force it upon people, but you're going to have pushback, right? Yeah. Any, any, any one entity that's going to try to rule the world. It's like, a, it's like a freaking movie when you, I sound like a movie, like I was talking about one, like James Bond or one entity trying to rule the world. There's going to be pushback, you know, no one's going to let you just do that and stomp on their culture, heritage and countries and all that other stuff. No what? one's going to. What do yeah. you think about the blue blood thing? About how <laughs> the Europeans, their blood was blue, and then not true. Became I looked it up. <laughs> it, well, I heard him say like their blood is blue until it 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 they they didn't just say their blood. They said everybody's blood is. I guess they said white people, then, but then when you get darker, our blood is like red. I don't know. I was, no, I was a little lost they, on they, that they, one. What he said was that when your blood. Um, is exposed to oxygen is when it turns red. Um, it's, it's not true. Um, uh, I looked it up and, you know, I, it, it's pretty easy to find that information out. You can go on any like television, um, like surgery show <laughs> yeah, and see them cut people open and notice that everything is red in the inside. But no, it, it, it's false that the blood is, is blue. I think what they're saying is, you know, some people, um, with fair complexion, sometimes they have their veins and they can be a little, yeah, sometimes, yeah, I, 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 maybe they're looking at that and they're, they're subconsciously thinking that their blood is actually blue before it comes out their body. But nah, that's not true. It's not. What about the melanated talk where this is where everything went kind of <laughs> downhill. The, the idea that we are such some like we have hearts of gold because we are black yeah and our skin is yeah. dark but because you're white you have this savagery in you and that's why and you're committing all these the crimes and making and us slaves that, at the beginning of this pod that's something that's crazy like that's the that's subscribing to the same thing that because our skin is black we're inferior now you're saying because their skin is white they're savage and animals that's stupid and then that's, making that's, it making it seem like because our skin is black that we are better than and we're, we're ge what genetically superior exactly now you're now you're you're now you're literally co-signing the same thing that we're trying to fight right yeah the so i i don't get it how can you how can you nick cannon talk about you know black empowerment and equal rights and then at the same time say well because their skin color they're savages that is uh, the, the the two ideas don't go together it's 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 awful and no it does it no one let me color, ask this question skin color though. doesn't determine your mental makeup. yeah but <laughs> i think where he initially had started that was kind of saying why they turned no, on no, black people no. early on and, and made us because slaves and he came, well, he came up with that idea that because, you know, when a black person and a white person come together and they have a baby that the, the, the black side, the genetic is, is more dominant and that we were going to erase, like we were going to erase white people or something because of the inbreeding because our genes are so strong. But I don't, that's not true. It, the, the reason true, 
most people um, get together with their own races for one. So that. Yeah. And, and, and there's not a organ. I don't have you. You're black. I'm black. Have you ever been to the meeting that says, hey, let's try to erase. No, but I think exactly. <laughs> I think initially where they were talking about the whole melanin thing was how. From what I took from it, Griff was basically saying we were all on this earth together, but because of their skin color, it made them aggressive and like wanting to enslave us. Yeah. That's the way I took it as. I don't know what made white people turn against us in the early days. I don't know. I wasn't there. I don't I think at this point, I'm never going to say and, that. And, and, and did they turn against us? Because, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, you have history. I don't know why they turned. I, I'm just saying I, I, now I don't, I don't think that I would say they're violent that. because of their skin color. I would never say that in this day and age. No. I, I think if you would have said period. it for, I don't know, like, I think he would have been okay if he kept it in the whatever century that was. Like, if he wanted to use that as a reason, I don't, I don't know if that would have... I don't, I, I don't think you can even do that at any century in, in, in time. Like, because even during slavery, there were white people who were abolishments. They were, trying to, they were yeah. trying to free black people. There were always good people on both sides of the fence and evil people on both sides of the fence. So, you know, history will teach you that, like, you can't just generalize and say they, they were all this yeah, when, you I, know, yeah, true. you know, they, they, they helped us get free. You know, they, they, they I guess, they, yeah, there's, there was that. a, there was a select group that acted like that, but it wasn't the whole race that acted like that, which is kind of what we say now when people talk about black on black violence. Yeah. There's people who are violent that are black people, but we're not all like that. And we don't want to all be seen like that. Exactly. But every, 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 everybody is, has, everybody has evil people in whatever, you know, group or you are, you know, pe people, there are good people and there are bad people. And I don't think that it is defined by your skin color or religious belief. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, that's just some See? people do dumb things or evil things. CeeLo said it. CeeLo said, I do know the devil ain't no black man. Or the devil ain't no white man. The devil is a spiritual bond that's colorblind, and there's evil white folks and evil black folks you're going to surely find. So, um, Exactly. Exactly. What about when they started getting to, like, the hip-hop part? He talked about they killed all the bigs and birthed all the littles. Psychology, is it psychological warfare? Are they trying to do something psychologically to us by taking away all the bigs from the rappers' names, and now we got all these rappers with the name Little in there? Like, But then we always have rappers with... The name Little, like the same time Big was around, he had Little C's with him. He had Little Kim with him. I don't think it was as prevalent. Um, like we don't do we have I mean, any I mean, Bigs no, no, I anymore? Agree, I agree. I agree. Right now, we seem to have everybody is Little. There's no Bigs <laughs> right? anymore in rap. And but I, you I, know why? I, but you know why I think, and, and, and I have no um, no way to prove this. I, I haven't read anything that said this has happened. But I think Little Wayne was the voice for a lot of these young guys that are using the name little now little Wayne was really popular. I can he see was that. like the voice of a gener like a, a generation for a time. Right. Yeah, I can see and that. it, and you can see all the, all the people who are little now are younger, a younger demographic. Right. Yeah. And they probably, you know, little Uzi vert. I I'm, I'm pretty sure he said something that he looked up to Wayne. I mean, 
little pump. They they all probably just like little Wayne. And that's probably the easiest um explanation to why there's so many littles now. So is and this, they'll probably fade away. Is this just an instance of the the woke community being a little too woke and, and yeah. digging too deep into something that's not there? Or do you think there's yeah. anything like do you think there's any um any way that the record industry might be trying to push this? No, I, I, I don't. Here's what the record industry wants, and the only thing they want, and they want it any way they can get it, is money. So they, yes, the, the record industry has done awful things to make money. I don't think it was to um, manipulate generations of black people. You don't think it they made, do anything to make it, us it look made, bad? Like intentionally, like pushing the gang culture and the guns and all that. You don't think that's intentionally done? Not not just because of money, but maybe somebody wants to see some this to see the destruction of us. So, uh, so the group of people got together again. This is the, this is the conspiracy now, right? So we have Columbia Records, Sony, Interscope, all these record labels, and then all these um, hip hop labels who are underneath these labels who have a chair who have a seat at the table right they're all in on it too then i don't know if they're in on it but i just find it problematic that they're okay they're so okay with the the culture that is being pushed forward with a lot of these young rappers as far as violence i think i think i think i think since since like the mid-90s when gangster rap on the west coast came you know i think i think what happened was I don't know. Maybe there is somebody in the room pushing that button, but maybe when Dr. Dre and Snoop came out and sold a whole bunch of records <laughs> um, in the early '90s, right? Yeah. They were like, "Well, that, that's selling more than LL Cool J is and Run DMC is, right?" Yeah, because we because don't, we don't see a lot of like positivity pushed in rap. Yeah. So like, but early, the early rap was pretty positive, right? The eighties, you know, they, and they're, I mean, Arrested Development, one of my favorite groups, very positive, but they took them out pretty quickly. I I, I guess I would have to, I I would say, let's look at the record sales of what happened when Gangsta Rap, like NWA came out and Snoop and Dre. Yeah, I know Gangsta Rap had an effect, but I'm just talking about even now when record sales are not what they used to be. Well, I think, but, but streamings are, and I think what they find is that, I guess, uh, maybe, they, I don't know. That, that's hard. That's, that's I, one I, conspiracy that I, I'm always going to take, I'm going to listen to. Like, I, I do believe there might be something there with that one. Uh, okay. And also the emasculation of the black man. Is, is that a real thing? A lot of people have been talking about that for years. About okay. So what was the example that they used? on uh, the canon show about the masculinity of the black man. Oh, it's always the same thing about putting a black man in the dress. It's always okay. been that. Let me, but, so let me, let me throw out some names to you, right? Yeah. And tell me what they have in common. Dustin Hoffman, Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, John Litko, Patrick Swayze, Kurt Russell, Michael J. Fox, John Travolta, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Executive Shesha. What do those people have in common? Now, you know, I don't know a lot about movies, but I'm going to assume they've all worn dresses at some point. And what else? They white, white men. Yeah. What's the most famous? What's one of the most famous 
movies of uh, a male dressing in, dre- in, 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 uh, in a dress. Why are you asking me this, movie questions? You know I don't know movies. Okay, but, but, but this is important, though, right? <laughs> yeah, like, no, I'm just Doubt, saying, you Miss, know, I don't know the answer to this. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, okay, right? I didn't know Robin, that movie. I didn't Robin know that was that famous right? movie. So if, if the idea is that they're trying to demasculate black men by having them dressed in have them dressed in, you know, wear dresses, then what are they doing with the white males That's when true. they're doing the same thing? So is it maybe just a form of entertainment? Because I purposely ch- chose these um, that I, I, I Googled off the list because I remembered some of them. Because Tom Hanks, many people of our generation don't know this or remember this. He had a show in the 80s, a television show that aired every single day where he dressed as a lady every single episode. That was the, that was the whole premise of the show. I didn't even know right? that. Oh yeah, look it up. Um, I forgot what it's called, but he, that was the whole premise. Him and his friends were pretending to be women um, for the entire show, not a movie, an entire show that came on weekly. Um, and I chose these people because these are the ones that I found out were in comedic. Um, yeah. They were doing it comedic for comedic roles. class, yeah. comedic roles where. A lot of times when you see the, the, the black male dressing up as women, it's also in comedic. So this is apples to apples here. I mean, Michael J. Fox, he did it in Back to the Future. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger did it in the movie Junior, and John Schulte did it in Hairspray. So if if you're going to point out just that black men are doing it and then say they're demasculating, then we need to talk about what's going on on the other side, too. Because then it must be one big conspiracy against males, right? Which I, I don't think. I will actually. say this too. I'll tie this into it. It's kind of hard to say that they got a thing about pushing the gangster image when they're also trying to make <laughs> us dress in dresses. Exactly. That's kind of a counterproductive or counter argument. Yeah, like so, yeah. Contradicting each other. Yeah, it's contradicting. It's hard to push both of those narratives. Um. I would say that if you do believe that they are trying to emasculate the black men, the only reason I could say they probably is doing it is for control, like just showing that they can control us, which maybe there's executives like that that want to have that control over somebody. Okay, I found the show. You can look it up. It was called Bosom Buddies. Okay, that's the one with Travolta or Tom Hanks? No, that's Tom Hanks. Hanks. Okay, there's Tom Hanks. Bosom Um, Buddies. I'll look at the two season, 34 episodes. Yeah. Um, another interesting quote that he had. Well, this wasn't Griff's quote. He got it from his friend Black Dot. But he said, "They take the lowest essence of our culture and give it maximum exposure." Now, can we agree that that is one of the true things that they said in this in this whole podcast or interview? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think we can agree that is something they do. Um, they they do. They use it. They use the, our lowest denominator as, um, and that's just with all the violence that they talk about the Chicago and all this. Like, anytime we do something negative, it's gonna get a lot of exposure. So I did yeah. think Griff was on point with that, even though it wasn't his quote. It was his his boy Black Dot. So shout out to him. Um, oh, don't be showing out people. You don't know what he he may have said besides man. that. Well, all right. So look, I want to talk. I was about to get into a different thing, but let me just take a moment for this because I didn't even have this on my list with all the the. The backlash that Nick Cannon got, too, because of being associated with Minister Farrakhan and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff he said in the past. And he gets a lot of hate or a lot of people, you know, disagree with the stuff he said. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think my issue with it is 
I'm more about the message than the messenger. So I've watched some of the Farrakhan, like some of his speeches and stuff. And he said some good stuff too. But yes, he's probably said some stuff that was homophobic and anti-Semitic. And I'm not, I don't agree with that. But if he's saying something that's uplifting of the black community, I feel like I should be allowed to agree with that. And that's kind of what, what I was saying about this whole Nick Cannon, Professor Griffin. Like the stuff they said that I thought was good for the black community, I agreed with. And I, I enjoyed that conversation yeah. now. Should now, I okay, not listen so, to the whole thing because of certain comments? Maybe, maybe because let's, let's let's let me tie this into Trump, right? Let's say somebody was giving you the same argument, yeah, that you just used with me that Trump, you know, says a lot of good things about certain people, but I know he says a lot of negative stuff about other people. Are you looking at them the same way? Well, let me take it a step further. When people talk about Trump's policies and we criticize mm -hmm. all the bad stuff he does, right? Mm -hmm. But when he does stuff for the prison reform and, you know, gets people out early, we, why can't we celebrate that? You know, why can't I say he did a good job there, you know? Yeah, I that, agree. That's, that's kind of where I am with it. It's like, I'm not going to erase something good you did just because you've said some bad stuff. Like, I can still not agree with your overall stuff, but I'm going to give you props you, if you've done something positive. Are you, are you going to sit at a table and shake his hand? No, I would not. But I'll tell you what, if I was ever invited to speak to him, I would go because I'd want him to hear what I had to say. Now I would do it differently than all these people. Cause I know they're going to try to hit me for the photo op. So if I go, <laughs> yeah. I'm going in a Kaepernick Jersey or a Daishik. Like I'm going to something that you ain't going to just make me look silly in a photo next to him. It's going to make him look silly in a photo next to me. So I'll have hey, like, a Black Lives Matter shirt. Oh, I'm going to have something to let you know that I'm here for, for issues. Okay, so going back to Louis Farrakhan real quick. So there's this lady, um, a black lady who's part of the um, the Women March. She is, I guess. Tamika Mallory, the, probably. Yeah, I think she, that's She her. got in a lot of trouble because of her. she, she supports Farrakhan. I've, it happened a couple, what happened, like maybe a year now, or two ago when she got in a heat? It came up again recently, and... She kind of said the same thing that you were saying, where she said she doesn't always agree with everything he says, but she does agree with certain parts about the uplifting parts. But she posted a picture of her and him together, and she tagged it, hashtag GOAT. I mean, Iverson posted a picture of Farrakhan on Instagram last week, and then the next day that, had to post a whole statement. Because anytime you yeah, post something with it, him, it, it's, it's going to cause problems. Because I, it's problematic. If you say you agree with certain parts of what he says, and then you take a picture with him, and then you you maybe hashtag it with the word "goat" because he's he said some awful things about the uh, LGBTQ community. He says awful things about Jewish people. So it's hard. It sometimes it's hard for other people to understand if he's if he does he really believe what he's saying about the black community if he feels this way about these other communities. Um, because I, I've heard, I've you know, I've heard him talk, and you know, he's he's he's, he's not, a great talker. Always, he's a great talker. Oh, yo, I watched him in this interview, like a black, a panel of of like educated um, black people. Cornell West was there, yeah. and Travis Smiley was there. And when when Farrakhan talked, it was different. It was like he he really took control of the room, but then he would say some crazy stuff at the same time. Um, it, like one thing he said 
that was, I tell you, so you, you, you've heard that he said negative stuff about certain communities. Right? I've heard it. I've never heard the specifics, though. I've just always heard oh, he's yeah. been anti-Semitic. He's been homophobic. I've never heard the specifics. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to it, you can find other people who aren't as um, to look up to or quote than him, right? You know, than Louis Vuitton, because he's he said some stuff like he says, I saw that I saw this on a video of him. He was preaching at a, a church and he said that part of the problem with society today is that we let young girls watch TV, right? And if we let young girls watch TV and the girl in the TV is walking around in the panties, then how are you going to get mad if your daughter is walking around in the panties? And then he says, in my house, if my daughter was to leave the, her bedroom with showing her legs, that he would beat her up oh, wow. and throw her back into her room. That's oh. what he said. He said he would physically beat her up. He said he would beat her. He didn't say I'll put her back. This is recently to, or it's like an old clip? This is like I, from the video. I would I don't know exactly what year I would have to say it was either mid 90s or early 2000s. Okay. Um, but he said he would physically beat his daughter up and that he would he, he subscribed to that and throw them back in the room. Right. And then people are over here clapping to this. And I'm like, whoa, what are you guys doing? Well, we right we know how problematic the 90s was. So I'm <laughs> I'm not surprised <laughs> that they clapped at that because I've seen a lot of problematic stuff cheered on, cheered in the 90s. Yeah. But is, did you ever, did you see the one on Instagram with him where he was on like the talk show and yeah, then the I white lady that. asked the question and he kind of schooled her? Yeah. And then apparently that. a lot of like white celebrities were reposting it and then they found out they kind of got, people came after them because of Farrakhan's uh, history and then they all walked it back and deleted and but, apologized. But it, but and it's, it's not, like, you it's initially agreed though. though. It's not history, though. He's adamant about what he believes and says. I know, but and I'm just saying. Never you... apologizes or never walks back what he says. So you can't say it's history because he may still believe. These well, not, no, I'm just saying <laughs> that this specific clip I'm talking about, everybody yeah, agreed with it clip. until they found out what he's about with other stuff. So it's like, that's why I'm like, you can't confuse the message with the messenger. Because sometimes you're going to get a good message. Like you get, like I always say, you can get a good message from a homeless person. You can get a good message from a murderer. Like okay. I'm not going to discount well, okay. the okay. message but, because of who it came but, from. But here, isn't that what Deshaun Jackson got in trouble for? Right. Um, well, he misquoted something that wasn't even from Hitler. That was exactly. part of the problem. But but if, if he saw the name Hitler on there, would you ever quote anything Hitler said? I no, I would not. No, I would not. <laughs> I would not. And I would never quote anything that man said. So even if he said something that was 100% actual fact, like, you know, the water is wet, I'm not going to quote Hitler. (laughs) But you might still, in your mind, say, okay, the water, I agree with the water. Like, you, in your mind, you might, but you're never going to say it out in the open. But with Farrakhan, I I don't know. I'm not out here quoting Farrakhan either, but I do... Yeah. watch a lot of his stuff and i i just take the stuff that i feel like i can that will that i can gain from it i take that stuff from it I've, i guess i guess i guess the difference between like the difference between us is that when i know somebody said if i'm looking for inspiration and then i know somebody is openly negative in other aspects i find it hard to subscribe to anything else they say especially when it 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 it, it, it it condemns people to death and violence because just, he, yeah, he, but, he has said, well, he, if you're, he has said stuff 
that is violent against other communities of people, which I don't, I can't subscribe to that. I'm like, nah. I don't <laughs> I, subscribe I, to I, that either, but I also just know that everybody. Well, I, there are other people have, like Cornell West, you can find other people. But I'm sure there's stuff he said too that is going to be problem. Like, I don't yeah. think anybody's not said anything that's problematic. Like, that's the problem. If yeah. we think, if we expect everybody to be a certain way, we're going to get disappointed at some part. That's all I think. But, but I think, yeah, I agree. But I think there's levels to it. And his is quite extreme. Yeah, but if you go to any church, any black church, they're all pretty much homophobic. Like, you're never going to get a welcoming thing about gay people from a church. Like, unless maybe some of these new churches that don't acknowledge, that kind of don't follow the Bible and will we'll just try to be very inclusive. But yeah, there's always going to be something that but, you're not going to agree with from somebody you would, you you listen to. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it's most black churches. I think, you know, a lot of, you know, I think they're, they don't, they don't address it. Like now the preachers are kind of scared to talk about it, but they all believe that it's a sin. I, I'm pretty sure like they're going to say privately. Yes. It's a sin. They're not going to publicly talk about it. And I, I mean, just cause I, I follow a lot of the black churches um, mm-hmm. and just watch, I go to some, you know, I watch some on TV, but they all, a lot of them steer, steer clear of that topic. Like they're just, they don't want to lose members, so they don't talk about the controversial mm-hmm. stuff anymore. And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what I'm saying with with these people. Like, if 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 you listen to somebody and they talk how they normally are, they're gonna offend you at some point. They're gonna say something offensive at some point. Now, if they just yeah. try to uh, uh, please everybody, they won't. But mm-hmm. like I said, I just. I take the message with Farrakhan. I, that's why I said I haven't even heard the bad stuff he said, because I have, I don't really I think, search that. And, out. Maybe, and, and maybe that's why. And, and, and maybe, maybe that's why, maybe if you heard um, some of the bad stuff, I would just, I mean, I would probably be like, yeah, I disagree with it. I don't condone that, but then I'm not going to say, Oh, just cause he said that I'm going to, if he says something about us and what we need to do in the black community, I can't take those words and use them, you know? I still think I can use the information. That's all. But yeah. I mean, everybody's going to see it differently. I'll probably have to go research yeah. now on some of the stuff he said. Yeah, I would definitely, I, I would definitely look up a lot of stuff. And it's not just about communities. It's, 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 you know, some of the, the violent stuff that you can say that could, um, that could be, um, incite. you know, taken the wrong way. Cause some people, you know, some people, they hear somebody standing up and preaching some stuff and then they go home and they take it for, for face value. I mean, that's you know? how I, Malcolm I, X died because of uh, the honorable Elijah Muhammad was just speaking so negatively and, about him. He kind of influenced some of his members to go out and kill Malcolm X. Well, and then here's the thing. How do you feel about Malcolm X? I like Malcolm X. The, the who killed okay. Malcolm X but documentary you know, I thought was amazing. But there are some people who believe Farrakhan was directly involved with his death. He he's denied that. Time, Farrakhan's denied that all the time. He's, he denied it, and then he kind of admitted to it at one point. You should look, you look it up. He kind of admitted to it and then backtracked. I'll look it up. So, yeah. So he kind of – it wasn't like a clear admission, but it was like, well, if I had something to do with it kind of thing. Um, I think the rhetoric and, might have had something like just speaking. I don't know if he – like – put the hit out but but you get what but you get what i'm saying when yeah. somebody is, is, is in a is in a situation of power or leadership and they say certain things 
and the average person the some people take that for face value and maybe they went home and beat their daughter into their room i guess that, i don't see it that way because i'm not the type that would go off of his stuff and act off it whatever he says like well, i'm yeah, not a but, follower i kind of think for myself and whatever i hear i take that information <laughs> and i decide what i agree with what i don't but i but know there are people the, out there words are powerful yeah that's why when trump says people should take um bleach or whatever to clear the clean out the the coronavirus you know all of a sudden you had a few people injecting and taking all kinds of stuff they shouldn't be taking because words mean something and you know that's and and that's you know why some people have problems with trump because sometimes you got you got it as a person in leadership you have to be more careful with your words uh, and, and how you say that because you don't know not everybody interprets things the same way but you need to be more careful with the way that you disseminate. I mean, listen, um, I'm not, I'm not a Trump fan at all, but I will give him mm-hmm. props when he deserves them. Like the stuff mm-hmm. he's done with the prison reform, I will give him props for that stuff, but I'm yeah. never going to be the guy who's championing him, but I yeah. will acknowledge yeah. good things he does. I'm not going to say everything he's done is bad. Yeah. No, I know. That's just all I, I mean, said. Man. I just take, yeah. I just try to take stuff. I try to take the good out. I try to get bits and pieces of things I watch and just use it for my life. I can't, I know I can't, uh, I, I don't have any, you know, I don't have control of what somebody else does with the information, but I worry about myself and what I can do with it. Yes. I would yeah. like for people not to do stupid stuff because they heard it, but it happens. This, this is the, <laughs> this is the world we live in where a lot of and people then, are easily then, influenced. And then sometimes I, my concern is that sometimes that the people in power know that they have this kind of influence and maybe sometimes they speak recklessly on purpose. And you know what? And with me, I think what I do is I take, like I said, I take the information that I agree with mm-hmm. and then the negative stuff, I don't push that out. Like you're never going to hear me say the negative things that Farrakhan said and try to push that on people. Like I'm just trying to give you the, mm-hmm stuff you can learn from i might not even have to attribute it that i got it from him but i'm just trying to pass on the knowledge that's all i try to do um moving on i want to talk about let me see where i'm at so we talked about oh griff said (laughs) that white people are not comfortable uh with being themselves and that that's kind of why they've acted the way they have acted, like as far as being racist and the supremacy and all that, because they are not comfortable with us being equal, I guess, with them. And they, they always need to insert their dominance because of the, yeah, I don't, I don't subscribe to that either. Um, I don't, everybody's felt some kind of, what was the word he used? Um, Uh, what did he say? what, What did he say again? Not injustice. Was it injustice? No. How did he say they they felt? They felt oh, they're not inferior. He just said they're not. Oh, I I didn't even write that part. I just wrote down them not being comfortable with themselves. And And I think everybody. The reason they were acting out. That's what he said. You didn't agree with that part. I don't agree with that either. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't. I I don't agree with it. And, And there's like. I'll, I'll say the supremacists, though, like KKK people, maybe they're not comfortable with themselves and maybe they're not comfortable with us being equals. But I don't think white people as a whole are like that. They just the hate, the hateful ones. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, but I can be subscribed to any uh, group of people. That's true. Um, yeah, that could be. Yeah, any group. That, that 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 can be any group. I mean, you know, people who are homophobic and don't know not comfortable with your sexuality and yeah so those things those things you know you can generalize it to a group of people or you can just really be realistic and say there are just people on every fence that have these insecurities that's true Um, yeah i think that was the the problem that that's what got them in trouble yeah that's what and and, and i think and, and i think i don't nick cannon always seemed like a pretty intelligent guy and that i don't i don't want to make excuses for him but I think he was not educated enough on, and he kept agreeing with. Well, he reads Rick. a lot, so maybe he read some books that maybe taught him some of this you stuff. Read the wrong, you read the wrong. Yeah, and I think you read the wrong book. That's probably what happened. <laughs> uh, what would you think yeah. about them saying the cult? A cult is like hidden. Is a hidden culture. It's like short for culture. They were saying a lot of like theories and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to jot them down just to see what we agree with, what we disagree with. Um, I mean, I guess, I, I guess I could see that, like, like when you're in a culture, right? You kind of subscribe to certain things, like you, you may talk a certain way, but, you know, based on the people in your circle. You may have a certain dialect. Um, you may dress a certain way. Uh, yeah, I mean, culture, cult. I mean, when I think of cult, though, I think of something very negative. Um, well, I mean, I said last week on my podcast, I want a cult-like following. But I didn't mean it negatively. <laughs> Just, you know. <laughs> no, because I need, like, a hive, man. I need something I could call my, my, my people who listen. And, and I think sometimes people are like, I want a, I want a cult-like following. It, it's like, when you want a cult-like following, it's basically saying you need sheep. What you want is... I want, like, diehard fans. That's what I mean. Like... People who really rock with you. I, I've, I've always but like, I like the cult like following. You need, people, following you, need people who, you need people who rock with you, but that can disagree with you too, though. Yeah, but when that's you, part when, of when the, you have a cult. When you have a cult, though, it's usually about obedience. No, I just <laughs> meant like people who listen religiously, like oh, yeah. I like the podcast, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Like, like some of these artists who have cult like followings, or maybe yeah. their fans aren't disagreeing. Though, who knows? The the, the beehive. Yeah, you know, so you know, because the thing with like, like, like the beehive, you say one thing bad about Beyonce. Yeah, but then they'll be the—they're the same ones who will be mad about a certain video or something like you know. They're—they're very uh, opinionated on the work she does too. Mm -hmm. They'll say if they didn't like something about what she does. Yeah, but they can have a very—they sometimes they—they—they well, not just them, but a lot of. Yeah, I just think cult and culture. I don't think they're the same thing. I think culture should be more of a positive thing, where a, yeah. the word cult is more of a negative thing. I don't want to equate the two of them. Um, yeah, he uh, kind of missed me with that one. I was trying to, yeah, I was trying to catch he, it, but I was like, I just, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not all the way there with what he's saying right now. Now, the next thing he said, yeah. I thought was pretty, pretty good. I actually agree with this one. He said he's not proud to be an American, but he's glad mm-hmm. to be here. And I think there is a difference. There's a difference of being proud of where you're at, of where you live and where you're from, as opposed to just, you know, I'm, I'm glad, like, I'm not proud to be an American right now because of what the, the way this country is, is going and all the injustices that are going on and the racism and stuff. But I can still acknowledge that this is one of the best countries to live in. So I'm glad that I live in America as opposed to a third world country. You know, that's the way yeah. I took what he said. 
I, I, I agree with that. Um, but no, I'm proud though. That that that's a slightly different. Well, when you say proud, I mean to me, being proud is somebody like when the national anthem's playing, when you stand up and hand over a heart. Like I'm not doing that right now, so I can't say I'm proud. So, but I, for me, I can separate the the politics in the country because the reason I would say I'm proud to be an American is because America has really given me a lot, right? So the friends that I have, the family that I have, the opportunities that I have. Now, I don't agree with a lot of the, the political things that are going on um, in here, but I still wouldn't want to be anywhere else. You wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, right? but that's why I say glad. That's why I think that's more of a glad thing. I'm glad. doesn't mean I'm proud, but I'm glad. I, I don't know. That's the way I saw it. I saw it as a, yes, I'm, I'm happy for what I have and what America's given me, and to me, that's more of a glad thing. Because cause, cause I, I think... That I think what you run into is like every country you go to, you're not the government. People are you're going to have problems probably with certain segments of the the, the government and certain things that are, are going on um, within the country. I, I don't think that's going to be different anywhere you you go. But I think I think America. It, I don't know. Just for me, it's just like anywhere you go, there's going to – the government is – and people there are always going to piss you off for some reason, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's not going to be anything different. So really you can say you're, if you're in any country, then you're not going to be proud of any country because there's always going to be something. No, I think Especially, we've had moments where, where, where I've been proud, but I just think the current yeah. state right now with the president and the, and the way the leadership is going, I'm not proud right now. That's I mean, just yeah, me, though. I just, I need to see yeah, more. I heard, I hold the country to a higher standard for me to say I'm proud. Like that would just I mean, be I guess, saying I guess like I you're. Can separate, I can separate the like the rhetoric of the, the government from the 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 country because I don't hold the country as the government as the country. Like the people are the are supposed to be the country, right? Yeah. So, the, you know, I think there are a lot of things. To look at and see you know to be proud of you know the marches in the street you know people standing up the other side of the whatever you believe in politically the other side of the aisle is fighting probably for something that you are for right um yeah you know so there are there are there are things to be proud of you don't have to just okay so we don't you don't subscribe to what's coming from the white house but what about everything else yeah in america you know, like what, what, you know, what about, you know, what about people that are actually taking a, taking a stance for things, you know, you know, like getting a red skin name changed after all this time. That's something I never thought would, like I told you, I didn't think Dan Snyder would ever change the name. Um, but does that make you but, proud to be an American or are you just proud of the moment, you know? Well, I, I'm proud of the actions that Americans are taking to make things happen. Yeah. Well, so are you always proud? Like, is it like a, I'm always proud of it to be an American or are there times you're not proud? Like that, that's, that's what I would wonder. I think, I don't know. Cause I'm usually pretty, I'm grateful. <laughs> and I think that makes me happy. Um, Cause I know what the other, you know, I, I like to say I can put myself in my, my foot in other people's shoes and I know where awful think other places and things can, can be not that America is like, this 
the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I, I, I try to, I really try to separate the politics from the people because um, there are a lot of great people and a lot of people do great things. I mean, for like everything that's negative that you probably see, there's probably a thousand great things that they don't report on. I agree with that. You know what I mean? So we, we, we hear about all the negatives and there's always, that's the thing. There's always going to be negatives, right? That's life. There's always going to be somebody doing something you don't agree with. And that, and usually the negative gets pumped in the air more than the positive. You actually have to go sometimes search for the positive. But if they did that, I think you would be a lot more like, yeah, you know, there's a lot, a lot of good things are that are actually going on because you're never gonna, you're never gonna be happy 100% with what's going on in the world. So yeah, I, I'm proud most of the time because I, I try to see the, the, I guess maybe in this sense, I try to see the glass um, half full and half empty. You know, I, I like to see, I think that we're heading in the right direction. You know, you think, so, you think we're in the right direction, heading there? Huh? You think we're headed in the right direction? Yeah, I think. Because uh, I'm unsure. I am unsure right now. Yeah, are you unsure? You don't, you don't think they're going to get certain I, things I think done? from a leadership position, I don't know if we're heading. I don't think we're heading in the right direction. Just given the two candidates we have. Um, uh, racial race relations right now. I don't think we're headed in the right direction. We're trying to get there, but I don't see a lot of, uh, I, 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 I kind of think that in, in, with the race relations, I agree with you, but I, maybe, maybe we needed this, this friction to move on instead of having everything hidden and secret animosity. And maybe now we can get to meet in the middle of the aisle. I, I, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, cause this, this, this atmosphere that was happening in America didn't happen overnight. Right. It must, it had to have been boiling for a very long time. Years and years right? and stuff. And right. So we needed to get to a point where it's boiling over so we can start to fix the, what's broken. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, it might look bad now, but maybe this is the thing that we, maybe this is the change that we needed to improve things on a permanent basis and not just hiding stuff, over, you know, sugarcoating and people not saying what they like. Because I think, I think, you know, social network has allowed people to go ahead and say everything that they've ever felt. <laughs> right. Yep. So get it out. And, and I would hope that, you know, I have two kids, you know, that, yeah. that this, when they're my age, that things will be even, they'll be from the progress that you made from like, say the sixties to now, hopefully the jump is even bigger from now for in 30 years from now. Yeah. I think, I think the, the black lives matter movement, even though it's getting some pushback from the other side, I, I believe mm -hmm. in probably 60 years from now, it'll be looked at the same way, you know, Tommy Smith and John Carlos were looked at when they raised their fist, you know, they were, yeah. hated by a lot yeah, of americans yeah, and now yeah. they're heroes so i mean think about it like from like probably the 1900s like 1901 to like maybe 1945 right after the um um world war ii um i i i you know i wasn't there but i would imagine that there was a lot of silence and then and when i mean silence people were just going on with their lives like nothing was happening but we were still segregated and there were Jim Crow laws and there was a KKK 
and then people started really fighting back and then things started to like like now start to boil over in the streets we have you had martin luther king and then you had the marches and things were able to be done so maybe we're living in that time where things is starting to boil over no one so we're not silenced anymore so we can make change happen you get what i'm saying yeah i think there will be some good that comes from all this Mm -hmm. and maybe that is part of the reason you're saying we're headed in the right direction um I guess I'm just looking more like today. Like, I'm like, dang, man, we're still not, we're not there. Yeah, but I think you're looking at it the short thing. I got to look at it the long haul because, you know, when the civil rights happened, things didn't change overnight, right? You know, it didn't, it, it was a few bad. There's a, a lot, even now, it's still not perfect, right? Nope. But, you know, improvements happened in certain aspects and we're trying to make more improvements now societally. So that's why I look at things. Um, I guess I try to be more optimistic and maybe because I have kids and I have to have a lot of hope that oh, the yeah. world that they, they, they inherit is all is better than the world I have. You know you what I mean? You gotta have hope because like you're leaving them on their own at some point. So hopefully they're going to be able to, you know, get by in this world and be successful and not have to deal exactly. with a lot of the, the BS that's going on right now. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we got to struggle. So the other, the next generation doesn't. Yeah. So. One one question I had too was, at the end of this, you could see like um, Nick Cannon telling Professor Grip, you know, there's going to be some controversy and we're going to, you know, there's going to be some pushback. But I'm riding, like basically, you know, I'm happy this, we had this conversation. And then once the, the shit hit the fan, he was like, uh, William Griff or whatever, he, Bill Griff, he didn't even call him Professor Griff anymore. He just, Threw him under the bus a little bit to me, and I don't know. Did you see it that way, or did what did you see? Like, was it he protecting himself, his brand? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he was looking out for himself. Point. I mean, I'm pretty sure he has no real ties or loyalties to. Yeah, but you, just Griffin. when they were talking on the on the thing, he's all telling him how he's so thankful for everything and he's happy they talked. Yeah. And then afterwards, he's just like, uh, I don't know who, why we did this or I have nothing to do with this. No, I mean, he definitely, I mean, he definitely threw him on the bus when he was, you know, part of, he was a passenger on the bus. Um, yeah. And, but isn't that what they always do? You know? Yeah. You, they, they always backtrack and then kind of say, oh, well, you know, things were taken out of context and it was the other person's fault, you know? So I, I think. I see he has, a, he has a video he, too responding to it. Um, has, I, think, I, I think he had another class. I think he had another class video. Up. No, no, Professor Griff responded. So I'm going to have to watch oh, that Griff? later. Yeah, there's like an hour video of him responding to Viacom firing Nick Cannon. Yeah. Yeah, he does have another one coming down where uh, Nick Cannon's doing a sit down with Rabbi Abraham yeah. Cooper. Yeah, 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 with the rabbi. And, you know, that's, and that's a. That sounds one. like damage control to me, though. Like, Oh, I was going to say that's, that's the image repair thing. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, it's good for him to actually sit down and maybe get the, um, the education on the stuff that he's talking about, but maybe he shouldn't film it, um, because it does come off as, you know, damage control. Yeah. You, you know? It just seems yeah. like he threw Griff under the bus. Like after all this, like during the interview, they're buddy, buddy. And he's like, praising him I've, I've followed you i've read all the books and 
Yeah, he said it's a brother I look up to at yeah. the very beginning of it. And uh, he's right? distanced himself so much from from him afterwards. I would have liked to see him at least. You know, and this is let me just say this because I feel this was the main issue I had with everything. I didn't think he should have removed the video. I thought they should have let it stay up. I thought him and Griff probably should have had a conversation with one of the rabbis. Like, all like everybody sit down, discuss it because this is a learning moment. This is a teaching moment for everybody, where we probably could have learned more about why what they said was wrong and what was anti-Semitic and like. I just thought they dropped the ball with this and not doing more of a, a a sit down and explaining, bring Griff back and let them all sit down and talk. But you know what, what I would say about that doing my homework on professor Griff, I think he's had the time he's had the blowback. He's had the opportunity to have his education, but he claims you know, he's, he spoke with the Jewish people and that they were, they, they agree with him on certain things. Uh, that, yeah, that was, that, that, that was, there was something that he said that he spoke to one, he, he spoke to the Jewish people, but that's always, that's always the thing, right? Dan Snyder said that he spoke to Native Americans. That's but, true. I didn't think about that. He, yeah. It, it, there's, 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 whenever you're trying to defend, when people try to defend their argument, they say, I spoke to this person. Okay. Well, bring that person on stage too. Let's, let's, let's not just. That's what I was, I just, I thought we could have done, it could have been more of a teaching moment because it's similar. And I heard Charlemagne make a good point about this too, where, you know, we'll always see like every year, it just seems like there's a white person who gets caught dressing up with blackface. Right. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll condemn it. We'll cancel them. We'll say it's bad, but we never explain to them why it's bad. Just like when, when Nick Cannon and Griff said all this stuff, nobody's really but explaining I, why it's bad. Like, put them on camera, explain it so the audience can get it too, you know? Okay. Which the I guess audience. is going to happen with the rabbi, but I would have I liked to have Griff there too just because I feel like... What I would, what I would say about Griff, though, is that he made these, these um, comments back in the 80s. It's 2020 now. Um, you think he's just setting think- his ways? Yeah, I don't. I mean, you, you, you. He, he's had public blowback. He's had time to to reflect on it. <laughs> Thirty some odd years, right? That's true. Yeah. yeah I, so Nick maybe we don't Nick. need Griff, but I just feel like Nick doesn't know enough. I think yeah. he's just gonna get. Like, I would like to hear some some back and forth, some questions asked, and I don't know if Nick is gonna do that. I think with Griff there, we would have got at least some deeper conversation. I don't know if we'll get that with yeah. Nick and the rabbi, but you know, I'm not going to judge until I watch. So I will check that one out. Um, do you think Griff was right about people not wanting his message to be heard? His personal message? Yeah. yeah. Just all the stuff he was talking about. Do you think like that's part of the reason Nick got in so much trouble is because there's like a group out there or somebody out there that doesn't want professor Griff and all the stuff he's saying to get out. I, I think, I think because his message comes with it's not a good message yeah. in certain aspects. So yeah, you know, we don't, we don't want hate speech being out there and, you know, people, people, yeah, I, I think there are people out there that are trying to, you know, protect their, their interests and, and their groups. So when, when somebody comes out and says negative things about, about them, then yeah, I think people are like, yeah, I don't want this guy having a platform, <laughs> you know, like I don't need this guy spewing his 
trying to educate a next generation to hate me too. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he yeah, did, he I, did I, say at the end, he said, don't be quick to judge, you know, just ask the questions. And that's why I was saying, I would like to have him on with the rabbi too, just because I would want to hear the dialogue, the back and forth, but you're saying, you know, he's been, he's shown us who he was already. Yeah. He's shown us who he is. I mean, this isn't, this isn't brand new. Um, this is not the first time, um, you know, he was in, he was in on the conversation about melanoma and calling people savages and everything like this. This is just basically rehashing stuff that you said 30 years ago. So you're, you kind of passed the, the, the point of return and, and you, 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 I think you're set in your ways for Nick Cannon. I, I can't recall, maybe I'm ignorant that I can't recall him having a, a moment like this. I, I'm before. sure if we go back and watch those Cannon's classes, he's probably said some stuff, but Nobody's really watched yeah. it until now. So. Yeah, I've never, I've never watched it. But you know, he wears the turban. Classes. He's very woke. I'm sure he's said yeah, some and, stuff, and I'm sure people will yeah. start digging, and more will come out. Yeah. Uh, but I do encourage everybody to at least go and watch the full sit down themselves, just to get their own opinion on it. You don't have to agree with what he said, but it's just good to know, and that's why I wanted to have you on to talk about it because we both watched it. What was your takeaway? What? How did you feel about it? in the end after watching the whole thing i i enjoyed the dialogue i didn't think it was as bad as it people said but now after talking to you and hearing you point out some of the the things that i might have missed i'm looking back and thinking about certain things and i'm like all right maybe it was a little bit more problematic than i thought uh but initially when i watched it i didn't just just go back and replace the melatonin words with other words and I it think, becomes completely completely racist yeah when dialogue. i look at it as them using a lot of the code and not really being open with what they're who they're talking about yeah i can see it like that but when you watch mm-hmm. it and you're not mm-hmm. knowing all the stuff they're like alluding to yeah. you're like yeah. well what what did he say that was so wrong you know yes he said some stuff about jewish people but i didn't they didn't really say a lot like where they were specifically mentioning jewish people the only but i also felt I, and i know the jewish the, the Jewish thing was was big because, like I said, his history shows that he he has he has negative views. But then he the just kept community. saying, "I don't want any problems. I don't have nothing against them." Like that's why I yeah, guess it was I, confusing me because I'm like, it was "Well, he's telling you. me that he's not talking about them and that he's not being negative towards them." But then he, but they were also talking, you know, about the non melatonin people, right, in, in a very racist way manner as well. So. Yeah. Uh, that so part but i just thought that was more general but i can definitely maybe they, they were talking if they were talking but if it was you know you got to put yourself in other people's shoes if they were talking about black people like that yeah there's a lot of white people, people catching strays out there that didn't deserve it you know i'm sure like people like james is like yo <laughs> i ain't part of them like why are they talking about everybody like that you know so exactly. I, I see you know, it you know, stop putting everybody in the same in the same bucket you know i don't like to i don't want to I wouldn't want people talking about me in the same way they were talking about other people. So that's why I, I, I disagree with every, like I, I don't, I didn't like the, the conversation that much. Yeah. Um, I took, but I, I take a lot from it. Like, like I said, the stuff about black people, even if you don't want to call yourself a God, just us not seeing us as, as N words anymore and stuff like that. I think that was a good, a good conversation. Um, but but to that I've heard that conversation before from other people that aren't them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's a conversation I, I, that's been going on. So like, if I was to say, "Hey, is, who's is there a book or 
something to uplift my my black child i wouldn't that wouldn't be the first thing i'd tell them to go play <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like, so um, you know i i didn't i don't need that the bilderberg and all that just stuff i've never really <laughs> knew about now i'm gonna go probably research a little bit more oh one more thing i didn't hey, even talk about this down that, don't go down that rabbit hole yeah that's true what did you feel about him saying africa is tribal and the people who live there do not really identify as being african kind of like how we in america you'll be like you're not like, oh, I'm American or whatever. You're like, I'm from Florida or I'm from here. You know, you kind of ad- identify with where you live, the state, the city, as opposed to the whole. But then we see Africans as just Africans oh. when they don't see themselves as that. They see themselves as that. That, that is where um, you just strike my memory. He said he spoke to one, a person. And Nick Cannon said he spoke to a person, right? Yeah. And then they did what I consider the cardinal sin. You spoke to one person and then you generalize the entire continent. What? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, that, I, I would have to ask some of my African friends about, yeah. about that one. It would have to be my own research because go back and listen to what they said. They, they, they both specifically said they spoke to a blah, blah, blah person. No, I remember. I remember them saying that. They didn't say they spoke to a group of people. They spoke to one person. And then they drop the entire, they generalize the entire continent all of a sudden. So I don't, I can't speak on that because I don't, I haven't seen any studies. I haven't spoken to Africans about that specific um, thing to say, yeah, but, but for people, I think a lot of people are kind of tribal, right? We all say we're from a lot of people like I'm from the 407. Yeah, but you see how we look at Africa. We think everybody's just African instead of, oh, they're from Uganda or the Rwanda or South Africa like we don't generalize where they're from or say where they're from specifically we just see them as one thing when they they might not see that they might not well I, I maybe I, I guess it, it might be different for you because I've, I've never I've never subscribed to saying that because I've never said that a person's African that's from Nigeria and say they're from they're African I you like oh you're Nigerian I, I don't know if that's just because of culturally how I was brought up or anything like that. Um, Cause I see Africa as a continent. Like I wouldn't say some, I usually wouldn't see somebody who says I'm from Italy and be like, Oh, you're European. I'd probably default to, Oh, you're Italian. Um, I, but I, that's, that's, that's probably the case. That's probably different makeup for people and how they were taught or raised or how they look at the world, how they may refer to somebody and where they're from. But I've never looked at an app, uh, African person like oh you're African after they just told me they're Nigerian or something like that okay um yeah so wrapping all that up basically we didn't agree with most of the stuff well you didn't agree with probably anything that was said in Cannon's class I agree with a few things but I do think everybody should watch it on their own the video is still up it's not on Nick Cannon's page it's on another YouTube page but if you, yeah, if you, if you, yeah, if you just go out there and YouTube it, it's probably the number one thing that's gotten Nick Cannon's name on it now. So yeah, you can find it. It's it's still titled Cannon's Class, Professor Griff. So look it up. Everybody watch it on their own and come up with your own, you know, opinions of everything. Um, we got some news coming in too with with these schools. I know you you mentioned you got two kids. Yeah. Uh, and then now they're saying the schools are going to reopen in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling about sending your kids to school? Or is both of your kids in school or just your son? 
uh, just my son. He's going to be going to the second grade. Uh, my daughter is would is she's she's only two, so no, she's not in school. She's only two. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought she was like three. I don't know. But so you're all right. So how do you feel about sending your son to school now? Even though we don't have a vaccine, uh, they're still not really knowing too much about this virus and who yeah. gets it and who passes it on. And but DeSant Ron DeSantis has said, you know, if we can go to Home Depot, we can go to school. So how do you how do you feel about all this? Yeah, but you also go to Home Depot, right? You don't spend seven hours there. Absolutely not. Not me at least. <laughs> Exactly. I don't think anybody goes there and spends seven hours. Like you would send your kids to school and they have to be there for seven hours. It's completely different. Um, are you going to send your kid, your son to school though? Are you, are you one of those that are going to say, Hey, no, I'm not sending my child back. I'm doing distance learning. Like what is I'll, your... answer that, I'll answer that in a second. What I'll say is I think the decision is up to every parent individually and what's right for their kid. And right. Because I've heard the argument that, kids do need that social aspect some kids do need it and I, i've seen my son kind of since he's been home since march and not interacting with a lot of kids i've seen a slight change in him not bad or anything just he he he's he's dying to to, to see his friends again right he, he he's looking for something social that we can't give him so i i get when parents say kids need to be in that social environment yeah um for me personally, Orange County came down actually today and said that they are going to um, approve Launch Ed, which is a program where the kids will learn from home, but with basically like a Zoom where they'll be able to see their teacher um, and kind of interact with their the students there. You know what I'm saying? So they'll follow the regular school bell, but from home and they'll see their teacher all the time, like seven hours a day just on video screen yeah. and i know that's probably not the best you know having a kid sitting in front of a screen for six hours is not that's which they won't be you know they'll have breaks and they'll do well, activities i think the issue but, with that too is like as a parent like not every parent can stay at home and monitor their kid to see that exactly. they're going to sit in front of that screen all day exactly that, yeah that that's a fact i mean i'm kind of blessed that you know me and jan are be able to to work from home and help cultivate a better uh schooling environment for him but no jalen sorry i said his name he um, won't be going to, he doesn't have a license or anything where somebody can find him. <laughs> there's no instagram <laughs> he won't he won't be um he won't be going to school face to face until me me and his mom um deem it appropriate and we think it's risk-free um you know but that's not judging any other parents. If you want to send their kids, it, it, it's a few. We all have different data. There's so much information out there. But I currently, I go everywhere I go, I wear a mask right now. So, But how I does this work, home. though? Like, are they saying you have the option to let your kids stay home, but they're still going to have the classroom with kids in it? Yeah. So the way that I see it, Orange County gave three options. One was... Um, the normal brick and mortar, send your kid to school. The other, uh, the other option was the uh, virtual learning, where your kid basically is being homeschooled, but you have to de-enroll your 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 kid from his school completely to enroll into that program. And the third option is the one that we're doing, which is Launch Ed, where basically next day there's a class, right? 
a brick and mortar class and the teacher's teaching a class and there's maybe five kids in there, yeah. well, she'll also be teaching maybe another five kids from home via uh, like streaming that's, uh, video. That sounds like a lot of stress on these teachers. Well, some teachers, I, I, I thought some teachers would have the option to do it from home where all the kids will be virtual. But it, when I looked at the checklist the other day, it looks like that option wasn't there. But I know a lot of teachers were hoping for that option because, you know, some teachers don't want to go into the schools either. Um, yeah, it's kind of unfair that I mean, the teachers are being forced to have to go in. They don't get an option. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be it's probably going to be difficult, you know, if you're. Yeah. Teaching. Half, half the kids in there, half the kids at home. You yeah. got to keep everybody's attention. Oh, this is going to be interesting. You got to let me know how this works because I do not see this working. <laughs> A lot of people don't see it working, but I, I think Launch Ed is a program that's already been in place in other places, so it's not something brand new. It's just something new to this area. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't think the kids have the attention span for all this. I, I think it's going to be very hard for this um, age group where my son's oh, at. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think it'd be easier for an older age group, and even then it'd be still um, difficult, but... These kids are used to looking at a screen, a tablet, while playing a game, not learning for seven hours. They're not used to that. <laughs> no, they're not. But I mean, and then you, do you still have to be there as the parent to monitor, or you just kind of leave them by themselves in the room? Um, I'm going to be there to monitor to make sure that he's sitting there and, and, and focusing in the background, you know, just to make sure that he's not like playing on his ipad or goofing off you know that's gonna happen not maybe not with your son but so many kids are gonna be doing that it's gonna be interesting to see what the grades are yeah i can't wait true. to see this uh, i mean when they when he got pulled when they you know shut down the school and they went straight to what did they what was the name distance, virtual learning distance learning distance learning it it honestly wasn't the best so i hope that it this is an improvement on it because it it was it, it I know they had to like really think on their feet and act quickly, but it wasn't enough work in my opinion that was given um, to keep the kids engaged. I literally the work that was given, um, my son could do it all in probably a day and a half, and then what's left. So, see, well, how did that work? Where they're not giving them enough work? Because if they're in a classroom, they would be getting enough work. So I don't understand. Are the teachers just not? Are they slacking off? What was what was going on there? I don't think they were slacking off. I just, I just think it was something new. I think when you're in a, in a, in a class environment, maybe the lessons that you're teaching, you can, you could do um, special, you know, certain things with the kids to make those class, those lessons go longer here. They were just assigning the kids. There was no virtual, there was really no interacting with the teacher. They got an assignment on the computer and they did it and they turned it in. That's it. Where, where you're in class and you're at this younger age, they may, you know, have lessons that go on with the paperwork and they may stop and talk about it and, sh you know, learn different ways to get to a certain answer where now it's just, here, fill this out, turn it in, you're done. So he would just do the work and turn it in and that's it. There was no interacting with the teacher or nothing else. So he was able to breeze through everything. So even if he had a question, he would have to like send an email or, send a message and wait for the teacher to respond so right. or i would just answer i just answered for him you're gonna have to keep me updated on how that all works um 
moving on, I have a couple more topics I want to get to. Andrew Gillum made a statement yesterday on his Instagram. Uh, did you watch it? Uh, no, I didn't know. What did he say? All right, I'll give you the breakdown. So basically, he did an 11, maybe 12-minute video talking about why he's been in hiding and why he had to take some time away from everything. Because you know the story of what happened, right? Yeah, I knew a little bit. Yeah, he got found in the hotel room drunk with a male escort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember. So he had told a story about, well, he didn't tell a story, but he was just in there on his Instagram video yesterday, did a statement basically saying, yeah, explaining why he had been missing for so long in the public eye. He was getting help for his alcohol problem and how he kind of went downhill after the election and he didn't win. And just explaining what happened. But my whole issue with it was that he didn't really address the whole male escort in the room thing. Kind of just focused it on focused on the alcohol issue, which I guess if he's trying to get back in office, you kind of just want to, yeah. you know, you don't want to put all the dirt out there and bring it back up. So I could see why he did it. Uh, and, you know, his personal life is probably none of our business, so I can't get mad that he didn't talk about it. But for 12 minutes, I just thought he would have dug a little deeper and talked about it a little bit more. But he spent 12 minutes basically just telling us yeah, that he had he, an alcohol I, problem. He's a politician, too. so um, Yeah, but I thought he could have did that message in about five. I didn't think he needed 12 minutes for that. <laughs> I thought, like, what he did basically was the equivalent of tweet through it, where you just kind of act like something didn't happen. Like, he act like the male escort part didn't happen and just talked about everything else. And I get it, but the message could have been shorter. It was very long uh, Instagram video for for just that. Yeah. But I I do wish him well. Uh, Me and my cousin did a whole episode. Not a whole episode. We did a topic on one of the episodes about how we would get him back in office. And the public apology is the first step. So he do that. He needs to get himself well, a preacher did, did, next. Did, didn't he blame all of this, the, the 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 drug use and alcohol and stuff on like stress or something? Well, he said he fell into a depression after he didn't win the governor election. He felt depressed after he didn't win the governor election. Yeah, he was depressed well, from that. He, he was drinking a lot. Like you can't deal with a stressful situation or... Yeah, he's trying to... I guess he he had been through a lot in his life and he was just trying to hide it, mask it with alcohol. Yeah, but maybe that's... Uh, I don't know, maybe he's not... I, well, I would hope that before he decides to get back in the office that he he gets the real help that he needs because being in office is going to be a lot of stress. There's going to be a lot of negativity and I would hate to see him go down a... a yeah, he said he was getting help. Turn to drinking again because of it. So. He said he was getting help in the uh, in the video. He did say he's still receiving help and that he he knows the issues that he needs to address. He he mentioned all that. So yeah, I'd like to see him come back. Maybe not. I don't know if he needs to be in office, but definitely get get back on the right track mentally because that's important. Yeah, if, he, if he was in office right now, how do you think he'd be handling this uh, coronavirus? I think he would have been a little bit more aggressive than DeSantis. Probably the mask requirement would have came out a little earlier. Um, but I don't think I don't think anybody would have been as on top of it as they should because nobody took it serious in the beginning. People can claim they would have took it serious in the beginning, but we've never seen a virus like this have this much damage. So I don't think anybody would have took it 
as serious as they needed to in the beginning. That's just yeah. my opinion on that. Um, last topic I want to talk about is all these seasons, these sports seasons that are supposed to be starting. Uh, NFL just announced today that they're canceling all their preseason games. The NBA is in Disney now. They're practicing. They're supposed to be starting next week. Yep. Uh, MLB is doing whatever they're doing. I really don't care much for baseball. College football, <laughs> these conferences are bowing out pretty quickly. Like, Yeah, they are. The MEAC I, just I, I, canceled I, I, their season. The Big Ten's no conference games. Uh, Pac-12, no conference games. I, I, I really don't see college football lasting this year. Um, I, I've already been on a record of saying I don't think any of these sports – I think they'll all start. I don't think they'll finish. I wanted to get yeah. your opinion and on I what think, you I think. think. I think it's definitely going to be more difficult for um, the college um, programs to start and finish uh, because you can't really have the bubble like the NBA and these other professional leagues are doing, right? These are college students. Um, they're supposed to be there to get a, an yeah. education. And you're not paying them and you can't sequester them uh, and keep them locked down. I think that, that, that definitely plays a part into why they're, they're going to be shut down. Plus they're also college students, right? They're 17 to 22 year old kids that are, they're not going to be listening. And you already see how they're, how they behave here in Florida. They're all at the beach as soon as well, they never, yeah. they never stop going. So um, I, I, I don't see, I, and I don't think the colleges, because the kids, they're, they're student, student athletes, you know, student athletes, that they can really jeopardize the health of these kids. If, if one of them were to get seriously sick, I think there would be um, a problem. So that's why I think they won't go professional now. I, I, I think we'll have a little bit more success um, because they can um, negotiate and keep players um kind of in a bubble uh and i think I they're gonna catch it still there's some of them are gonna catch this virus yeah well i we, i say that because i've seen how it's happening in in europe you know they all the soccer major soccer uh teams over there in the premier league the Bundesliga, uh the spanish league they've all started up their season again and they're finishing their season um so there is a blueprint to say how to do it and they've all been pretty successful. What about the MLS though? MLS had to cancel some games. Uh, teams of two teams dropped out. I don't think the MLS ever did it right. So you, you see what the NBA is doing, right? The NBA is getting everybody into their bubble, right? A month in advance, right? Like a few weeks in advance and they're testing everybody, right? Yep. And they're, they're letting people who get test positive, they're getting them out the bubble and letting them go home, right? And those and they're keeping everybody both. They're not starting the season right away. The MLS didn't do that. They just said, hey, everybody come here at this time, and we're going to start playing. So people were out there getting sick. No one was getting tested. They didn't make, it really didn't make any sense what they were doing. You know, the, I think the NBA is doing it more cautiously, getting everybody there first, giving it two to three weeks before they start playing while they test everybody. MLS, they started off really rocky. They, did, they didn't put everybody in a bubble. They, they just said – come meet here on July such and such. We're going to start playing some soccer. Well, now you see what happened that players and teams started testing positive. I don't think they did it the right way. And that's why they are getting hit this way. Yeah. They needed to get every, they needed to get everybody in the bubble first, wait a couple of weeks and then start. 
The test for the NBA is going to be when they start sneaking all these people on the in the bubble. When these players start sneaking the women in there. Yeah, I mean, you already saw somebody who snuck out to go get some food, right? I didn't hear that one. I heard Dwight was walking around with no mask and got told on. Oh, no, somebody ordered uh, some food and they had to leave the bubble to, to get it. And uh, you know the NBA has the snitch hotline, right? They're yeah. calling it. Yeah, they snitched on so, Dwight. And they say it's working. So somebody... Um, called it on the, uh, whoever this player was, and uh, he was uh, now he's in quarantine for 14 days because he left. 14? Yeah. So he can't practice? What? He can't go to practice? Nah, he's got to stay locked up for 14 days because he. They won't say who it is. I mean, it's going to get out soon once we see somebody not playing. <laughs> um, I don't I, I, I don't know, but there's going to be a lot of players now. How are you so. not going to be? That doesn't even make sense. 14 days, you can't practice, you can't play, because the, the games start next week, I thought. Yeah, but, but think about it. If he exposed himself and they're trying to keep all the players from being exposed, they don't know if he's exposed. They can't let him. Yeah, but you're not, you might as well tell us who it is. We're, we're going to figure it out next week. Yeah. But this, no, this, hap- this happened maybe last week, so what? It may be some... Yeah, but you still know who's at practice or not. I'm surprised the name hasn't got out there yet. Yeah. I am... Maybe it has. I, I I haven't seen the name. This, all the stories that I saw about it just said NBA player, but um, maybe Twitter has it. Twitter, yeah, you know, has I'm gonna thing, search so. Twitter to see if I can find that later. So you, yeah. oh, do you hear about the Packers too? They're saying only like ten thousand fans will be allowed at Lambeau this year. Oh wow! They're the saying between like or per game. No, per game like twelve to ten. I believe ten to twelve thousand. Well, that's more than I was expecting because you know. In in Europe, like the Premier League, which is the biggest soccer league probably in the whole world, they're doing no fans. Um, I saw that so. there was one and women's team, women's league here that was doing that in Utah. I watched the game where there was no fans. And I would have to say, um, you know, because I watch, I do watch soccer, um, European soccer, and I would say what they do for the Premier League is they pump fake um, noise, uh, crowd noise, and it actually works. It feels better to watch the game. Yeah, they've been doing that in wrestling, too. I, I just don't know. I'm going to have to see how football sounds with no Look fans. I tried watching an MLS game the other day, and they didn't have any crowd noise, and it really felt very amateur for some reason. No, you have to have some noise. You have to. Huh? You have to have some. Like, WWE learned that because they were doing that the first couple weeks where it was, like, no fans, no noise. Then they started putting a few wrestlers at the – out there to make noise and then they pump a little crowd noise now with that so it sounds a little better but you gotta have some type of noise you got yeah mls i saw a couple of orlando city games they had no noise and it just felt like a scrimmage i don't know it was it was weird (laughs) yeah i'm interested i heard the nba has like a pretty good plan for there so i'm interested to see how it how it comes out and how it looks and i don't know that do we have a television schedule for any of this yet i don't think they have uh, yeah i think they do have a television schedule actually is it all ESPN and ABC, or is it? Uh, it's going to be on the, the uh, ESPN and uh, TNT. Oh, no ABC? Uh, well, a- I, it's going to be on ABC. I, I hope there's some on ABC, because I don't have cable. Um, I'm sure when, because usually ESPN and ABC own each other. Yeah, yeah. I just hope we get some games on, like, national television, like ABC-type stuff. I'm sure you get a few Lakers games. Yeah. Well, they're saying my Blazers have a chance to upset them in the first round. So if we make it to the playoffs, I'm looking forward to playing the Lakers if we make it because we got Nurkic back, Zach Collins is back, Melo's skinny and playing small forward. 
I'm excited about the the Trailblazers, man. Yeah, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at the schedule right now. The only thing is that they don't they have the dates and the start times, but they don't have the television schedule next to them. Okay. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know what channel these games are going to be on. Or if they're all televised, if only some of them are televised. Very interested to know about that. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Anything about these sports or anything in general you had to you wanted to get off your chest? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just found the, the television. The television schedule is here. Yeah, there's gonna. Um, August 2nd, uh, Portland plays Boston on ABC. August 2nd. What is that? A, a week? It's a Sunday. I think I'll be at work. Did it say what time? Yeah, it's uh, 3 p.m. 3.30 p.m. Dang, I think I'll be at work. I'm about to watch that in the break room on my break. And you don't have TNT? No, nah, I go to my mom's to watch that stuff. Probably just have to go watch a couple games. Yeah, I'm going to watch like it. one game and if it's whack, I'm out. But if it's, <laughs> I'm going to see how it looks first. I'm going to cheer my team, but if it's not watchable, I will not force myself to watch. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, there'll be a few games on the national television. So. All It'll right. Yeah. I don't have weekends off anymore. I got a new job. So I'm back to, I got to get used to this working man schedule where I don't have all the free time anymore. But I mean, there's nothing going on where I really need free time. So I don't care anymore. I don't okay. mind going to work. I I'm, I will be pissed if they extend that $600 anymore, though, knowing that I gave it up to go back to work. If that unemployment gets extended because it's supposed to end oh. after this week. Yeah, I heard I heard about that. I heard that they're, they're working on a, a new uh, stimulus package and extending out the CARES Act uh, unemployment. So, oh, man, that, that might actually that might actually happen. I'm going to be so mad if I lost out on all that money, even though I got free health care now because this job gives me like uh the free healthcare side, yeah, I'll take it, but yeah, that 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 probably pays for itself, man. Yeah, um, yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to say, though, Mark? No, no, I'm I'm, I'm good. I, we I think we we touched on a lot of stuff. We're pushing on uh, like two hours now. We're over two sure. hours. <laughs> oh my goodness! So hopefully, yeah, I got yeah. you out of putting the kids to bed again. No. Yeah, I'm probably gonna be in trouble. You know how that goes over here. Oh man. Well, you know, this podcast was a long time in the making. I've been trying to get you on. I know you weren't comfortable coming on after the George Floyd thing, so happy to yeah, finally yeah. get you on here to talk. Enjoyed yeah. the insight yeah. today. You gave a good perspective because uh, you saw things a lot differently than I did, but it was for the best. Maybe after maybe you watch it again, you'll, you'll see, you know. I might watch it again. I don't know. I want to watch what Griff said, too. There's just so much stuff to watch now. There's so much, but I, I might give it another spin. Yeah, um, give it a note. But I appreciate you coming on. I'm about to wrap this up because I need to go eat. Yeah. And uh, hopefully when James comes down, I can get you both in studio. We can have like a live episode where we can be a little bit more lighthearted on stuff and probably yeah, talk man, about the football up? and NBA seasons at that point. So. Yeah, let's try to let's do something a little less serious, you know, less controversial. Yeah, I'll have you guys on for some like fun topics. So we'll, we'll try to get back in September with you and then have James here too and try to record okay. something then. But appreciate you coming on. Let me give you a little applause. You can't hear any of that, but I gave you the, the, the clapping and the kids saying yay. So. All right. Thank you for coming on, Mark. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and we'll talk to you later, man. All right, man. You have a good night. All right, man. Peace. That was 
My good friend, Mark Mahoney on Keeping It Real with Jared Lawrence, man. We discussed a lot of stuff. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, very enlightening for me, too. I learned a lot. It was good to get Mark's perspective on things because, you know, I was initially seeing that, that Professor Griff interview a little differently, but the way he broke it down and some of the stuff they were code, using code for, now I'm going to have to go back and look at it, and I might not see it again. Uh, we had a lot, of, a lot of good topics that we talked about. Uh, we disagreed a little bit on the Farrakhan stuff. I will, I will go back and listen to some of this homophobic and anti-Semitic stuff that Farrakhan said. But like I said, I don't really confuse the message with the messenger. So I will always try to find something positive to take from things because I feel like anybody can tell you something positive. I don't have to maybe attribute it to you. Maybe I can just take it from my personal life. But I will, I will try to do that. And since we talked so much about conspiracies and stuff, I'm going to end this show um, with Gangstar Conspiracy. Rest in peace, Guru. It's a good song. Make sure you check it out. This is Keeping It Real with Jerry Lawrence. I'll be back next week. Can't tell me life was meant to be like this A black man in a world dominated by whiteness Ever since the declaration of independence We've been easily brainwashed by just one sentence It goes, all men are created equal That's why corrupt governments kill innocent people With chemical warfare they created crack and AIDS Got the public thinking these were things that black folks made And every time there's violence shown in the media Usually it's a black thing So where are they leading you? To a world full of ignorance, hatred and prejudice TV and the news for years they fed you this foolish notion that blacks are all criminals Violent lowlifes and then even animals I'm telling the truth so some suckers are fearing me But I must do my part to combat the conspiracy Schools, churches the SAT is not geared for the lower class So why waste time even trying to pass The educational system presumes you to fail The next place is the corner, then after that jail You gotta understand that this has all been conspired To put a strain on our brains so that the strong grow tired It even exists when you go to your church Cause up on the wall a white Jesus lurks They use your subconscious to control your will They've done it for a while and developed a skill to make you want to kill even your own brother, man Black against black, you see it's part of their plan They want to send us to war and they want to ban rap What they really want to do is get rid of us black Genocide is for real and I hope that you're hearing me You must be aware to combat the conspiracy In the, in the arts, business even in this rap game, all the glitters ain't gold Now the rap is big business, the snakes got bold They give you whack contracts and try to make you go pop Cause they have no regard for real hip-hop They'll compare you to others and say, but yo, he sells And you know in your heart that he's weak as hell So you say, I ain't doing that corny stuff But they tell you that your chop positions will go up Sometimes they front big time and make you many promises And then when they break them, that's when your mama says Son, you're making records, but that guy seems shady It could be too late, and your career could be played, G I hope you listen to the things that I'm sharing, see We all have a job to combat the conspiracies